Podcast about movie movies. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully, and a bone tomahawk to you, Garrett. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, boy, I I never stop thinking about that movie. It just doesn't happen. I'm always thinking about it. Well, there you go. I, you know what's crazy? I kind of forgot about it, but no. then we sit down and we say we bone tomahawk, down, and then I get all, oh shit! I think about chicory, what a wonderful talking world. About how to read a book in the bathtub? Oh, love I, it. You know, I not gonna. Okay, I lied. I do think about bone tomahawk because I read in the tub uh-huh. almost every day. Uh huh. And every time stands? I do, I'm like, oh, chick. no, I just I just don't care if my book gets a little wet. It's yeah. fine. And it, they don't do that. They don't hold open. You no, have to hold no. it open. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. Yeah, but I love it. And thanks to Chicory, yeah. I get an extra spring of my step when I emerge. Indeed. And uh, hey, we're here to talk about a movie that is on way high on my shame list. I've Not never anymore. seen this before. Just watched it for the first time. Goodfellas. We're here talking about Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. I don't think we have an intro for the uh, for the movie this week. Yeah, um, oh, no, we don't have an intro for the movie this week, but what? I will say yes. this. Um, our guest, yes. uh, Jill Malcolm, is here from Cynadelphia. Welcome, hey Jill. Hey, guys. Hello. Thank you for having me. I love it. And this is your favorite movie? This is my favorite movie ever. Tell us a little bit about that. Ever. How did that happen? So, oddly enough, the first time I watched this movie was in high school. Oh. And I didn't like it. <laughs> And I think I think it was too soon. Yeah. I don't think I knew how to watch movies. I don't think <laughs> I knew how to appreciate them. And uh-huh. I I watched it because it's one of the few movies that my parents owned. <laughs> and I'm like, let me just pop this in and give it a shot. And I was like, mm, not for me. And then I think Did I rewatched. Did this fit on one VHS? You know what? It was a DVD. Oh, okay. Ooh, right, even right. more shocking yeah. to find that at my parents' house. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was there. I watched it. It still had bad tracking. It, <laughs> just so yes, now. it was. Yeah. yeah very much so. And um but I think I rewatched it again when I went to college mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it. Why didn't you like it the first time, do you think? Like you do know, you remember what you didn't like about it? To be honest, I think I found it a little long. I yeah. couldn't get into it. Yeah. yeah. I think that was more the I just couldn't get into the story, the yeah. you know. And then for whatever reason the second time I watched it, I'm like, "Oh my god, I love this movie. <laughs> I love everything about it." Yeah. And that's why I, I love revisiting movies mm-hmm. that I wasn't so sure about the first time. And mm-hmm. I think this is a prime example of one that I revisited it and I absolutely love it. I have that experience a lot with movies. Like oh, yeah. Wes Anderson movies, that happens with me a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the first time absolutely. I see it, I'm like, that was all right. And then the more I watch it, like the more interested I get in it, the yes. more invested I get in it and the characters and stuff. And I could see this movie being like, the more you watch it, the probably the more fascinating it would be. I think become. the less concerned you are with what's going on in the story, the yeah. more you can actually pay attention to the filmmaking. Yes. yes. And I think that's what draws you in on the second time. And Scorsese is like a circus in this movie. <laughs> yes. it's, it's really beautiful. And what was the editor's name? You were a Thelma huge fan? Thelma Schoonmaker. Thelma Schoonmaker. Yeah. Schumacher. Schumacher. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, and that's... Uh, so she edits all of Scorsese's she movies? She edits all of his movies. Oh, I love this. Uh, yes. It's, did... Did this win the Oscars? Anybody know? It won one for Joe Pesci. Oh, it interesting. Was, it was nominated for Best Picture, for uh-huh. Best Editing, for uh-huh. Best Director. Uh-huh. And it's funny because everybody thought that he should have won because yeah. what did win was Dancing with Wolves. I was going to ask Ooh. what year this was. Yeah, fuck. So that's why when Departed came out, uh-huh. that was his 
yeah, oh, we're so, yes. to get all of the awards that he should have gotten for Goodfellas. I, I got so you. that's why that I happened. <laughs> I did love The Departed, but yeah. that's yeah, definitely the, the like, listen, you're getting up there in age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, Jackie Chan's about to do it. Yes, I know. So I Jackie saw Chan, that. you're still jumping off buildings. You're in your 60s. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you a lifetime Oscar. Yeah. Just thank you. And they also didn't hide it because uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas walked out. And I think at that point, everybody knew that Marty won. Oh, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I'm almost positive. Yeah. They, they walked out and they gave it to him together. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, now this was your first time. First time. Never it. seen it. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you feel about I, that? This was such an enjoyable experience. Like I, it, I, I think it's one of those movies where you just I've heard so much about it my whole life. It's a lot of people's favorite movie. Uh, it's considered a great sort of like modern classic uh, that I I guess I sort of knew I would like it, if that makes sense. So I kind of went in able to just kind of like enjoy it right from the get-go. So it's like, I don't know, it's one of those interesting like first-time experiences where it's like, it was thrilling and I loved everything about it. And it's like, but I kind of knew I was going to do that anyway. So it was just kind of like, yeah, this is, this is what That's I thought. That's how I felt when we did Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same feeling. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah this is what I thought. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it was, it, it is, the thing that I think is, for me, is fascinating about Scorsese is like, uh, I didn't grow up interested in him necessarily. I didn't get to his movies until I was like in college. So I sort of bounced around through his career. You know what I mean? Like I've seen some of, probably more of his later work than his mm-hmm. earlier work. And then like a couple of things from his early work and then a few things in between. It's kind of fun with a filmmaker like that where I kind of get to just like dip in and out of different points of his career. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's interesting to watch a movie like this where it's like this is like basically midpoint of his career. Yes. You know what I mean? Like he would this have been like his 10th feature or something? Yeah, this is like his uh, olive oil period. Right. Yeah. You know, it was just where he was doing the, the crime movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like I don't know. It's like fascinating to me to watch somebody where it's like, oh, he's like. He's like a well-oiled Scorsese machine at this point Mm -hmm. uh, that will, you know, it's like from this point forward, everything will be like this perfect sort of Scorsese thing that you can go like, that's Scorsese, that's Scorsese, that's Scorsese. And this one feels like an amalgamation of all the little things that were Scorsese about every movie that came before. And we got the sort of final picture of like, this is a Scorsese. You know what I mean? Oh, it defined him as a filmmaker for a fair amount of time. Yeah. I mean, growing up, this was one of the first Scorsese movies that I had seen. And so as a result, he was just the uh, the mob guy. Yeah. For for a long time, he was the mob guy. And then you come across like King of Comedy. You're like, oh, no, he's actually a real movie maker. And just this was his mob period. Yeah. This and Casino and. I don't know if I'm really overdefining it as a mob period. Oh, maybe, but those yeah, two I don't movies know. Yeah. brought it into the mob for me. And were, did he make those back to back? How close do they are they to each other? That I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I can't tell you that. Uh, I wonder. There's a machine for this. It's called the Scorsese machine. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm very curious. But I, it, it is interesting because it, this one very much feels like every sort of trick in his book crammed into one movie. You know what I mean? It's like all the things that he built over the career leading up to this, he's just sort of taking all the best pieces and putting them into one thing. Yes. Casino was 96, so that was a... Oh, so this is what, yeah. Sorry, uh, 95. Okay. So there's probably, what, like two or three movies in between? We'll find that out, too. King Comedy might even be in between there. Nah, that was was 80s, I believe. Oh, yeah. And what you go ahead discuss? I well, have to scroll. What year I must was this? scroll. I'm curious. What year was Oh, this, this was 1990. 90, right? Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, I was thinking it's really uh, not funny, but it, it's interesting at the end when it's like uh, it's it uh, when it gives uh, Jimmy's sentence 
and says uh, in 2004 he'll be eligible for right, parole for right. the first time as if that's like a long time away right. that we don't have to worry about it. But I get to watch this movie for the first time now in 2000, what year is it? 16? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I have to be like, oh, fuck, that dude is out of prison living in the world right now. <laughs> Or I think they're Probably all dead. dead. Yeah, Probably I think they're dead. all dead. I think uh, Henry Hill passed away recently. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was fascinating actually for me because like I don't know much about Henry Hill. Like I that name, like I recognize the name, but I don't know anything about his story. So the whole movie, I was like, why is this movie about him? Mm-hmm. He's clearly not the boss, quote unquote, of any of this. So like, how, how is he the one that? Are you basing we- that off of just The Godfather? I, I've never like seen The Scarface. Godfather either. Oh, fuck, yeah, man. That, dude, I, mob <laughs> movies are not together. my thing. <laughs> my whole, that's my whole shame list is like mob movies. Yeah, they yeah. just were never my thing. They're always long. It's yeah. tough to press play. They just it were never my thing. Play. And so they, they're all, you know, The Godfathers are all on my list. There's like a whole bunch of stuff I got to see. But uh, yeah, it just like, I was like, I don't know why we, why is his name the one that I know? I can't figure it out because he seems to not be the highest person on this totem pole. And then you get to the end and he's who gave up the names. Mm. So right. that's why we know who he is. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, it's really interesting to watch this movie and not know his story. And I spent the whole time being like, why is this story about him? There's, like, so many other characters this story could be about. And then it's like the ending is like, oh, that's why it's about him. He's the dude that turns over everybody's names. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Um, The movie is also based on a book. Interesting. That, um, and I'm forgetting his name. Is it Nicholas Pileggi? Yes, it is. Because he co-wrote the script. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, remember, you wrote the script. Yeah. I remember picturing Mitch Pileggi yeah. sitting behind a, a keyboard, but it's it's not Mitch Pileggi. Yes. So is the, a, the is the book written narratively like this, or the book is like a nonfiction about this guy? I believe it's a nonfiction. I think it's like a memoir of, okay. of my that, my time in the right, mob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that um, Henry Hill co-wrote with, or no, oh. not, not co. He talked to Pileggi about it about uh, about his life. So it's like he, based on interviews right. with Hill. Yeah, interesting. That's really interesting. And so then that guy, the guy that interviewed him, wrote the script. Co-wrote, the, yeah. Co-wrote the mm-hmm. script that the movie's based on. And But the movie's handled like a narr- Did Scorsese have anything to do with the script, or did he come yeah, to he the, co-wrote script? the script? he co-wrote the script. Well, it's, it's funny. You see this kind of movie pretty frequently, and Scorsese does it with sort of with Raging Bull, a little bit. You know, getting the life, pissing yeah, away yeah. the life, and mm-hmm. then, you know, at the end, they're dealing with some kind of new normal. Yeah. But uh, most recently with Wolf of Wall Street, oh, yeah. it is the exact same story. Oh, yeah. It's based on a book, and it's the same kind of thing. Guy... Rise and fall. Oh, shit. He's really good. He rises into it. It starts to get a little dirty, a little dirty. It crumbles, and then he writes a book about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating. He, I don't know. That's so interesting to me. I don't... Because there's so many, like, the, the characters in this are huge. Yes. Every character is like a huge, huge character. Well, they're also kind of the archetypes that have informed what we think of as gangsters. Yeah. Yes. You know, the uh, Sopranos wouldn't exist without this. Right. Because it's, it's, you know, there was always the gangster, which uh, apparently uh, that was actually inspired by the Godfather in real gangster circles. Mm. Like before that, it wasn't, you know, eh, Godfather stuff, but they huh. all were like, this is pretty good. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be cool like, uh, you know, Pacino. So like Coppola invented that persona sort for of. a he, gangster? He came from an Italian family, yeah, yeah. a big one. So he yeah. just kind of incorporated some of that huh. and just made it a thing. But yeah. from there comes, you know, Goodfellas. These yeah. are the guys that are kind of, you know, like that, inspired yeah. by that. It's, and it's like from there we've taken it and created what we have is uh, the, uh, the one guy I can't think of his name with the crazy perm the poof yeah he's literally animated into the Simpsons you know, he's one of the he's one <laughs> yeah. of the guys um, Fat Tony is Paul uh-huh. Sorvino in this movie so it's it, it really informs what we know about gangsters and I don't know if that's really what is to be known about gangsters yeah that's fascinating especially because part of the the story as this movie tells it 
is that Walter Hill as a kid is like seeing these guys and Walter idolizing. Walter Hill directed the Walter Warriors. Hill, God damn um, it, yeah. yeah. Henry, Henry Hill, Hill is the man we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, he sees these guys across the street and he like idolizes them the same way it sounds like gangsters idolize these movie characters mm-hmm. and turn themselves into them. That's interesting. So, yeah, the beginning of this movie is actually um, based on Scorsese's life a little mm. bit. He, as a kid, he watched these people mm-hmm. in, in his neighborhood mm-hmm. right across the street do all of this stuff. And that kind of, I think, informs definitely the beginning of the film. Yeah, the idea that you could dream about this kind of... It is a love letter yeah. to it. The music, yeah. everything about it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whether or not some of it is romanticized, I think it kind of is a little bit. I'm not sure if, you know, gangster life exactly was that when he was young. Mm-hmm. But I do think through the eyes of a child, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, yeah, because when they get to the, I was thinking that actually during like the restaurant sequences, mm-hmm. I was like, man, a ma- like you can see why it, it is so appealing to a kid that comes from like a, a lower class family. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. The idea that you could just walk into a room and people know your name and you sit down and you can talk to anybody however you want. and Everybody's eating this like great food and right. these huge plates of food and stuff. But I was thinking the whole time I was like, I don't even is this is this real? Like I was trying to figure out. I was like, how? accurate is this actually it's or hard. is this a kid's idealized mm-hmm. version of this and that's why a kid would want to be this and the latter half of the movie is more the actual like real reality of it uh, well and that's exactly the yeah. point i think you want that at the beginning of the movie yeah. it's it's good the reason we designed all of our gangsters to be based on right. this is it looks pretty good it looks pretty <laughs> it's great it's fun it's yeah. funny they're fucking hilarious oh, they're yeah. awful yeah. but they're hilarious yeah and so it seems all good and it's only when it's like it's almost like any job. Yeah. When you when you first walk in the door, you're like, "Oh man, this is gonna be the greatest." Yeah. And then after so a exciting. while, it just becomes your job. <laughs> yeah. And if it happens to be high stakes, things could explode. But yeah. you know, that that front end really earns the second half. Yeah. If it wasn't great, that fall would not be so epic. It would mm-hmm. be like, "Yeah, hey, you fucked up." Yeah. Right. But here, it's like, "Oh, you touched the sun, mm-hmm. but you flew too close." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like the idea that it it um, you know the whole movie is about how. For a while, he's able to keep his hands from getting dirty, and so everything is able to be kind of a fun party Mm -hmm. because he doesn't have his hands in any of the real dirt, you know? Uh, And the movie gives you as the viewer the same experience. You don't have to watch anything too dirty for a while. You get to spend. Well, no, you do open with a guy getting stabbed like twenty that, times in a trunk. There is that, and then there shot is, a lot. But when that happens again, the, mm. when you when you catch up to that point in the story, there are shots in that part that are more graphic of, yes, of the stabbing and the gun wounds and stuff. It is more sterilized in the opening, mm. and I think be, I think that's kind of the idea. Is like it wants to bring you as the viewer into the world the same way Henry gets brought into the world. Where it's a little it's a glitzy, it's a little a glamorous. In in War Dogs, they did it. It was kind of cheap. Yeah. Where it opens with him with a gun in his yes, face. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you gotta let me go. And then it turns out to be like, you know, not as big a deal as yeah. they make it. It's kind of a mid-movie thing. But that framing device is used best here for that reason. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yep. But as viewers, we know what we're getting into is a mob movie. Yes. So it's like, oh, they're stabbing a guy in a trunk. All right. right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna crack the popcorn and get into this. Right. Yeah. But you're right. I think it does become more visceral later. I think it does. And. The opening one is is framed with a uh, it's lit with a uh, red glow. Yeah, just the, uh, the tail lights. Light. Yeah, uh, even at the very beginning when they're robbing a truck, there's cars parked mm-hmm. around with their parking lights on. So boom, it's red. As things get more real, too, that fades back, mm-hmm. and I think that just makes it a little bit more real. It's a little less heightened when yeah. it's not red. The blood shows up 
uh, in regular light. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, you, you feel like it, it, you know, as it gets uglier, as that that facade fades away. Yeah. As does some of like the filmmaking camouflage. Yeah. And that, I like the way that recreates like Henry's experience for you as a viewer because you sort of come Treasure. into it like, oh, this is kind of fun. This is like I'm having a good time. These guys are funny. This is eh, some of this stuff is there. You know, clearly the way they got to this is through some bad stuff. But I don't have to see most of it. And I could see how this would be appealing because it, it's all it's a mob movie. Someone's gonna get stabbed. And, in a oh trunk. shit! <laughs> and then it just like it really goes downhill from there. You know what I mean? Yep. It's I I like that you get to kind of. I don't know. I think that helps that you get to, to that there is that childlike idealism at the beginning because mm-hmm. I think it allows you to 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 access the fun of the beginning of the movie without having to be like, oh, this is all a little gross, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Uh, and then when it gets gross, it feels really fucking gross mm-hmm. uh, because you got to spend some time being like, I could get on board with this. I, uh, I could live this life with this family. So fan theory here. Yeah. Um, do we believe King of the Hill? Is Henry Hill as Hank Hill? Because by <laughs> Hank now, in witness protection, well, kind of calm down. Is that a, is that a thing that uh, the that just internet has espoused? I was it like, wait a minute, Henry's yeah. Hank Hill, yeah. I like Hank it. the Beast. Yeah, I, like it. I say we go with it. That just is so. really interesting because that is mm. kind of how they depict him. That he's just going to be like, uh, he's going to have a like sh- a, a shitty. Schnook. He's going to be right. A yes, yeah. I love that word. Yeah, he's going to be a schnook. A schnook. I, I hear that word. Is there a specific definition for schnook? Because I hear that, like, oh, you're a fink. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear anything. <laughs> is that what a, you know, it's, it's one of those words that I can't define. Is there something about a schnook that is, is defining? Oh, I wish I knew. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was one of those words or not. That's, that's it, all I want to know. It's one that I only feel like I kind of understand contextually. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. I, I that know. with, um, I think it was Royal Tenenbaums when yeah. he's like, you've made a cuckold of me. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the longest time, I was like, yeah, she made a goofball of him. <laughs> and I, didn't, I didn't realize that there was a specific name. That's what I'm asking about, Schnook. Is that a right. specific term? I'm, I'm sure that it is. He's like, what a goof. Yeah. Boy, is my face red. <laughs> I'm a cuckold. Well, <laughs> <laughs> different. Lo and behold. That's why I asked. That's all. Uh, yeah. I don't, so I Schnook's don't know. just a fink. We agree? I, yeah. It's yeah. a good so. deal. Okay. Yeah, it's, so. it's a, yeah. Uh, it's a Barton fink. I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he would never do that. He would never behave that way. Uh, I, so I was thinking this the whole movie. Uh, De Niro should play side characters in movies more frequently. He's yes. great. Actually, I mean, he's great when he's the center of a movie too. But I don't get to see him not be the center of a movie mm. often enough. And he, you've seen Brazil, right? He, yeah. Oh okay. yeah. He's yeah. Re- and he's really fun in Brazil. He's great. Yeah. He's but he, uh, I don't know. He's like a fucking just great presence in this movie. And he really, really works as like this sort of over-the-shoulder figure. You know what I mean? He's like mm-hmm. he's always kind of looking down on the other characters. He's always kind of in the background, and he, he's just—he's such like a menacing, huge force that it—that I don't know—he kind of like permeates through the scenes, even when he's not talking and stuff. He's—and I feel like he's, well, we kind of regard him the same way the characters do. He's, yeah, he's like their baseline. Yeah, because they know as long as Jimmy's on board, things are going to be fine. Right, he'll take care of it. He's he's good, right? And if he's, he's cool, he's absolutely right. the best. He's the professional. And if Jimmy's cool, the situation the is situation cool. The situation is yeah. cool. Yeah, he becomes the gauge for that because because of that performance, because yeah. of that background. We, I don't want to say he feels safe. It's it's not fair to say right. he feels safe, mm-hmm. but you feel better when he's around. When I he's do, not around, you're like ah, things are things could get hairy. I should think safe is kind of fair because that's sort of the point of uh, Pesci's character. Is that he and, and he's the he's the wild card, right? <laughs> he's like the super unsafe. Where it's like you really feel unsafe around him, and as long as Jimmy's around with him, you feel a little more safe, safer. actually, because yeah. Jimmy feels like he's got him on somewhat of a leash. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, which is you know one of the big transitions is when what is Pesci's character's name? 
Tommy. Tommy. When Tommy kills the 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 waiter kid. Spider. 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 Yeah. When Tommy kills Spider is one of the big yeah. turning point moments because it's like, oh, he's like off the leash. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's finally just kind of broken. Fr- he's he's gone past some sort of breaking point. Right. Uh, f- at least as far as uh, 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 Henry is concerned, he's right. I. I think I love how Henry in this movie, and this is really odd to say, he's like the dad of the group. He <laughs> calms everybody down. He like reins everybody in. <laughs> and it's a weird thing to say, but in this like motley crew of different kinds of people, he definitely is like that's his one redeemable quality. Mm-hmm. And I think it's enough like he's he's the kind of character that I think we need to kind of ground us in a movie like this where yeah. everybody is just doing these unbelievably crazy things. We mm-hmm. need somebody that's somewhat grounded do, to kind of guide us through. Do we know if that's actually like how Henry Hill was? I don't know. Mm. I don't know that. I was curious the whole time, like, was he actually getting his hands dirty just like the rest of these guys, but for the sake of the story, it's like better for him to be the guy that's hands off so we can feel a little more comfortable with him. And you also gotta wonder too if a guy sits down and interviews this guy for right. a book, he's gonna yeah. try and make it Right, a this is the guy bigger. that gave all the names. Right. So. He's gonna, you know, make it a little bit bigger yeah. and sort of glam not glamorize himself. I mean, I guess, I guess it's a pretty fair portrayal. He goes dark. Sure, yeah, yeah. But you know, as a result of that, you are going to feel like he is your surrogate. Yeah. You know, you are I mean, and like we talked about before, that beginning part's so glamorous yeah. that you can't blame him. No, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I know why you did this. It looks good. Right. Yeah. Especially, I, you know, you get the impression that was like a pretty tough, low-income situation growing up for him, right? He's got a handicapped brother uh, and at Seven least another them. sibling, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's like a bunch of them. Uh, clearly, the dad is like not... Uh, kind of abusive? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's abusive, <laughs> but also like... Uh, he hit him in the face. I, I say he's abusive. Yeah, a, he's, he's abusive. Beat him with a belt, yeah. But uh, he seems like a guy that's like at the end of his rope because he can't like keep anything to get... Like he just doesn't have enough money to like keep a roof over, roof over everybody's head right. and, and that kind of thing. Uh, which is oh, where he becomes can... stressed dad. Oh yeah, that's I the whole like it's that whole cycle of abuse. His dad's stressed yep. dad. He became stressed dad. It's what he knows. That's oh the I, the third act of the movie I thought was like so fascinating because you get like suddenly even the voiceover becomes like oh this sounds like a blue collar middle aged broken dude you know and it's like yeah that's because that's who he turned into. It's just you, you said it during the movie and it's just like yeah that's what he turned into. It's just like with cocaine instead of construction yeah. you know. Right. It was the same stress for the job like oh I gotta go yeah. I, I gotta go fix the cake we got people coming at six. Oh my god the dog just wet his pants on the floor <laughs> but his is like oh, I got this helicopter chasing me Oh my and I gotta god. chase my high and get yeah. some I'm scratching my face right now for effect uh-huh. that delicious noises <laughs> you know i gotta i gotta get my coke on of it yeah. and the sauce oh the sauce <laughs> oh, we gotta we gotta stir the sauce yeah. my, my disabled brother is he's stirring the sauce yeah. i'm stirring it it's the same stresses but there's coke literally yeah yeah, yeah. it was oh man because that you know i think I, and all my friends are getting killed by my friends i know <laughs> well i uh i had a weird thing i i don't know if this is maybe you guys have seen it so many times that like you that this doesn't cross your mind but I spent a lot of the movie wondering if Karen was also on drugs. That's not how you say her name. Karen was also <laughs> on drugs uh, because they don't. I don't think they depict her doing drugs until really, really late yep. into that. Yeah. And I kept wondering that the whole time. I was like, how much does she know? Is she also now on drugs? And that's why she's a little more comfortable with some of this stuff. And by the end, they make it clear that, like, yeah, she yeah. also is doing once he gets out of prison she's also doing coke mm-hmm. with him and like blah, blah blah but they spent a long time not showing her doing any of that mm-hmm. or even commenting on it and i was like a little not lost but i was like 
I I really liked Karen as like a character through the whole thing, and that was where I it's she's I, like a character. Yeah, uh, when the character of Karen, uh, she got lost for me at some point in the third act a little bit, uh, because I felt like I I lost the thread of like why she was still invo- involved with him and not. I don't know. She was like pushing. Do you feel like maybe you're supposed to feel that way? I don't know because he's she... getting more distant from that life as well, right? And I don't know if this is necessarily the case, but as he's getting distant from it, she's less of a character. She's a business partner, right? Who just got dumb and did her own stash. You yeah, know? it's I... like which they definitely by the end of the movie, like I got that. That was like very clear. But there was a point in the movie where I was like, I hope that's what's happening because I don't know. Like I not that I hope that's what's happening, but like. I'm assuming that's what's happening, that she's just like kind of in on this now because I have no evidence. I don't know what's going on with her. She's just like, she's kind of gone from this movie. So like, maybe you're right. Maybe that's well, part of the point. When she used to bring him stuff at jail, that yeah. was like at jail, yeah, down yeah. the shore. Yeah. Now, she used to bring him stuff in the in the jailhouse where he was yeah. serving time. Um, if When she brought him stuff there, that was like the dawn of the business. Right. And then from there, it was just, right. we got we to gotta keep moving the uh, the stuff from, where was it from? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. The stuff from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that's going to be our, our nest yeah. egg. So they didn't really explicitly draw right. her in, but that was the device yeah, for I th- you, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that was like frustrating to me for a little while. It was like the only thing in the movie that was uh, was was frustrating me. I was like, "Where is Karen?" Well, okay, counterpoint, not necessarily counterpoint yeah, to that, yeah. but um, she got to narrate. Yes, that was an interesting oh, thing. Yeah. I, I love that. Happened. I fucking loved that when she just entered the story as another narrator, uh, which was when I started figuring out that like, oh, this is probably meant to be like the two of them on the stand or something, or which then they reveal at the end that that's kind of what it's supposed to be. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's talking to the camera, so it's like, maybe, maybe not, but it... Well, it's from a book. Yeah. They both probably talked to the interviewer and said, oh, this is good shit. Yeah. But I like that they gave her a voice. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. I feel like I... uh, I mean, uh, I don't watch a lot of mob movies or anything, but the idea of one of the female characters in a mob story having her own voice seems... Pretty unique to me. That's oh, not yeah. a character I feel like you hear a lot from. Uh, they're they're often just depicted as like the the downtrodden, beaten down wife. Right. You gotta watch some Godfather. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's not perfect, but you know. Yeah, yeah. But they, some would say it's a perfect movie. <laughs> a lot of people really do. Yeah. No, it's a a little bit of that stereotype yeah, cool. comes from there. But yeah. at the same time, there's a lot of. Yeah. Good wives. Oh, scenes. good, good. Yeah. But maybe the fact that I'm calling them wives scenes is probably oh interesting. Yeah, too, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I loved that, that they actually gave her, like, her own voice to talk about that stuff. And um, we find, like, her motivation for even staying with Henry. Like, we know why he got into the life, oh, yeah. but we very rarely, like, really find out why, you know, the women who marry these people, like, continue to just go along with it. Right. And for her, I think it has a lot to do, obviously, she's obviously very sexually aroused by mm-hmm. him. Like, I don't know if you, and I think Brian, I have to give Brian credit for this, but... Um, I don't know if you noticed, but any time there's um, she's handling a gun, it's always in a sexual position. Oh, yeah. So I think the first time she even says it, when he hands her the bloody says, gun, she's like, it turned I, me on. It turned me and on. And there's mm. a close-up where you see her finger just sort of like gracing Stroke, yeah. the trigger. Mm. Yeah. And it's just an interesting way. And like one of the one of the things that I love about the movie, too, is just, you know, the layers. So there's yeah. a visual layer. There's an audio layer. Yes. There's like symbolism everywhere. It's just perfect. So if you don't get it the first time, you're gonna get it because it just keeps popping up. Oh yeah. And um and that's what I love about it too. That I I the music is insane in this. Like it's yes. one of the it's just a great soundtrack. But it, the way he uses it is 
crazy. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever seen a better like needle drop soundtrack like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It like what was the uh what song was it that I commented on with with Jimmy when he's just sitting at the bar and you see um, his gears start turning? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, is that Blue Oyster Cult? I was. I it's know. either that or Deep Purple. It's one of these colors. Oh, bands. Deep Purple, right? Is it Deep Purple? What'd you say, Ryan? It's cream. 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 Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, because then they use that later with the 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 end part of that yes. song where the. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That fucking okay, got it. <laughs> that's one of the best. Uh, that is one of the best sequences I've ever seen as far as like image to sound. You mm. know what I mean? Like ma- matching a perfect image with a perfect song. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but that moment was like it's the so perfect marriage huge. of everything. You've yeah. got a primo filmmaker doing a slow zoom on a primo actor, yep. Robert De Niro, who's pissed off, smoking a cigarette with a drink in his hand. Yep. Right when that kicks, oh, that's all the that's all the layers. Uh, yeah, that mm. was yes. It's exactly what you're saying. It was like it was. It, I don't even know that on a story level at that moment. You're like, I know how he's feeling. Yes, I know exactly what's going on in his fucking crazy brain. Uh, he's it, gonna yeah. kill Murray. Yep. Oh yeah, he's yep. gonna kill Murray. Yep, yep. <laughs> it, it, it's literally what happens. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just, that guy's gotta die. I'm gonna finish my smoke. Yeah. What do you want? I'm gonna kill him. I'm not gonna kill him. Yeah, you like you watch him make a decision, and that's all orchestrated through a camera move, an actor's face, and that needle drop. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's like that's what you're saying. It's like it's such it's all three of the the sort of big layers of what a movie is: the mm-hmm. sound, the visual, and the acting. It's story coalescing, technique. yeah, to mm-hmm. to tell a story just through an image. That is show don't tell in like a huge huge way. Because mm-hmm. uh, by the way, at that point in the movie. I spent every time Murray asked him about money, I was like, dude, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like at that point in the movie, every time he asked him, I was like, you are going to die. Shut up. And so like when that image comes across the screen of Jimmy just staring, just staring as he's smoking a cigarette yep. while Cream plays, it's like, that's it. That It's like this movie just with visuals gave me all the little pieces of that story so that this moment – that's all I needed. I needed that song. I needed that look on De Niro's face and that mm. slow push. Mm. And it's I know also a everything big character about moment for him. It's a moment of weakness for him. Yes, because it's a bad idea to kill him. Oh yeah, it's just being greedy. Oh. It's just killing an annoyance and just you know whatever. It's also he wouldn't do that. It's part of what makes the dominoes start to fall too. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Even when you get even when you get stabbed in the back of the neck, the wig stays on. <laughs> it stays on. They missed a primo time for a gag. He should have grabbed the top of his head to stick him. <laughs> yeah. Pulled the wig off, and then when the guy realizes, you get a second moment. That would yeah, have been yeah. so fucking funny, but it wasn't in the book. It, well, I yeah, think it's, it's got to go. That to me, that was actually the. This is going to sound crazy because of how gruesome some of the deaths are in it, but that was actually the most gruesome death for me because it was so cold, so fast. It just happened and it was over. Mm. And, uh, like, it's, and it's Murray. Like it's you know <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, Murray. Yeah, yeah. He's not a problem. He's not He's an annoyance. No. Yeah. yeah. Poor Murray. It's just brutal. He, who is that actor? Does anybody I know? Have no clue. If it was yeah. made nowadays, it would have been the guy from Office Space. Uh, <laughs> yes. it, it definitely would have been him. Uh, do you mean? Uh, 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 oh, what's that actor's name? The guy that played Milton. Yeah, the guy that played Milton. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have no God, I can't pull his name. He's great. He was on News Radio. Man, do I love that actor. What is it? I can't pull it. Uh, I wasn't looking it up. I was texting oh, okay. my girlfriend. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know what it what. Fuck! I had a train of thought. Where's my notes? Hit it. Hit me with something. <laughs> I actually have a note that just says uh, Maury's wigs. Maury's <laughs> wigs. I thought this was kind of funny. Just something about uh, I noticed a pattern in how De Niro behaves. Okay. Uh, whenever it, to get you to do something, he wants you to do. He doesn't ask you to do it. He doesn't explain why to do it. He bullies you yeah. into doing it. 
And uh, it's always like, ah, come on, do it. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What do you want me to do? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do that. Here's yeah. what I want you to do. <laughs> and then they do it. It works every <laughs> single time. That is What's so the funny. matter with you? Yeah. What, do you, what are you going to do? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do that. You do it. <laughs> Every time. I was thinking that at one point, and I don't know if it was with De Niro, but it was with one of the other ga- with one of the gangsters. Anytime any of them start arguing about something, that's how they ju- that they literally argue with each other, but just going, What do you want? What do you want? Huh? Yeah, what yeah. are you saying to me? What do you they just ask each other questions until the argument ends. Mm-hmm. Nobody says anything of value. Nobody they just ask each other There's questions no until it's over. And sometimes that means killing the other person because they mm-hmm. won't stop asking questions, but they just continue to ask questions until it's over. That really started making me laugh at a certain point. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? What are you doing? We're not really talking about anything. Yeah. We're just talking about what we're talking no, about. Yeah, no one has literally talked. You've just talked in a circle of questions. Uh I did I thought um uh I totally just lost my train of thought. I had a good one there. Well, uh, here's a question that I want to ask you. At the very end of the movie, we yeah. lose narration. We break the fourth wall. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. He made some interest. There's a bunch of interesting choices like that throughout the movie. I don't know. I was trying it's to figure It's right at the out. end. It's the very last yeah. moments, and it's in the middle of court. Yep. It goes from narration, and then he steps up. He explains what happens directly to us through the yeah. screen. Then the narration picks back up again to close out the movie, Yeah. and then he comes back out one more time. Why is that? What's the... That's why I kind of thought that the... In- the whole movie was basically like the court uh-huh. uh, trial. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. like when they finally broke it. I'm like, oh, maybe we've right. just been listening to them in court the entire time. Mm-hmm. And now they're addressing us. I had that thought finishing it off at a certain point before we got to the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And then when we got there, the, it was I had that thought earlier. We got to the courtroom and I was like, OK, this makes sense. It's like this is probably the testimony. But then he broke the fourth wall. Right. And so. I, so. Th- so here's my only thought. I don't I don't know. But I do wonder if that's meant to be you watch this whole movie where he's like the protagonist, quote unquote. And I mean, we watch him crumble and he does a lot of bad stuff, but he is the protagonist of the story. Uh, and we we watch it sort of believing him and believing his version. He's our entrance into this story. He's our eyes in this story. We see it all from his perspective, only to at the end have it revealed that. He turned everybody in and gave up all these names, and so the only version of this story we're ever going to get is Henry Hill's version of this story. Mm. And so the breaking the fourth wall is like uh, almost like a a break of the reality we've been watching the whole time. Mm. It's to let you know, like th- this isn't even necessarily reality. Like this is Henry's reality. Mm. Right. This is Henry's version of this story. Well, and at the end of it too, he goes inside and he closes the door. Mm-hmm. That's all we get. Yep, that's all we get because he's in protection. We can't know more. Right. We're not allowed to know more. Right. That's all you got. Yeah. I'm a good fella. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, the yeah. name of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that's what he was trying to do with that, to, to call into question even the validity of the story that you, you just saw told to you. I think it also makes you feel like uh, Polly and mm-hmm. uh, why am Jimmy. I forgetting? Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Because in the courtroom, right before that moment is, can you point out that person? Oh, yeah. He points right at him. Yeah. Camera goes right in their face. They're looking at him like, you motherfucking mm-hmm. cabron, or whatever it is. That's Spanish, cabron. I don't know. Um, I got Irish. That's all I got. Um, that fucking Mick. No, he, uh, um, I can say it. <laughs> My name's Patrick. We're good. <laughs> Daniel Patrick Scully. We're good. We're in the clear. In that moment, they get that where he looks right at them and they go, you sold me out. 
there's a little bit of that in him breaking the wall. Mm. Him just saying, that's my story. You want to know more? Well, sorry. Yeah. I'm out. And mm. I think it's a beautiful tie to the very beginning when Jimmy said, you learned the two most important things today. Never rat out your friends mm-hmm. and keep your mouth shut. And mm. by the end, he's broken both of them. Mm-hmm. And I think just that point and the camera right in their face is just, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That is interesting. That I was the, the scene where he uh, uh, technically crosses Polly. You know, where he lies to Polly after he gets out of prison and, he, and he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to do any uh, nothing with the drugs, nothing with that. He, he tells him everything will be fine. He's got it all under control that I that was I don't know. That might have been like the the big scene in the movie for me. There was some both of those performances were great in that scene. I really believed his lie to mm-hmm. Polly. You know what I mean? I like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, this guy is like he's really in this. You know what I mean? Like he is he is like too far down a path now because he. Is re- he is lying to this guy's face in a way that I even believe, and I know he's lying. Mm-hmm. That was like kind of amazing to me. But it was also like Scorsese had done such a good job at that point in the story of sort of getting me to like all of these characters, Polly included, even Pesci's character, you know what I mean, to really like these guys that when he lies to him, I was like, you fucking lied to him, you motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, it was like I was hurt for Polly, and like Polly saying these really sad things that he doesn't know are sad because he doesn't know he's being lied to. Like he's like, it's, he says something at some point. He doesn't say "Don't embarrass me," but it's something like that. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, he's like, "Don't do this stuff. Don't embarrass me." You know, he's like, he says yeah. something like that, and it's like it's good voice. You got it. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so heartbreaking almost, and I was like so impressed. Well, we're brought into the mob at the beginning, yeah, because that's the thing is that the arms are open. Yeah. We're riding on. Uh, uh, Henry Hill to get mm-hmm. in and so it feels like oh man I'm one of them and so yeah. when he starts to do those betrayals as you just fucking know he will yeah. you're like you keep your mouth shut that was so don't, impressive don't to rat me. your friends keep yeah. your mouth shut those yeah. are the two things yeah and so you feel that betrayal at the same time I, it was very impressive to me that I was able to feel that with like two characters that are ostensibly scumbag you know what I mean right. it's like it was very impressive that I was pulled in enough at that point in the story well, that so, what's it so mattered to that, me that to he me lied like, to him as an audience member, at that point, you're actually on board a little bit with the killing in the mob. Right. Because you're like, you got to get rid of this guy. Yeah. Like, you're in. Yeah. And and that that's the most potent thing about the movie is that you do take that pill. Mm-hmm. You're in. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't want to be part of the family. Right. Yeah. It's it's uh, Now that it's over, I'm like, ah, I would never do that. Right. Of course. But for a second, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Do that. Kill that guy. He's going to talk to people. Yeah. Get out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> Which, you know, certain movies justify their length, you know yeah. what I mean? And this is definitely one of them where it's like you need that full hour of, of like, mm-hmm. being part of the family for you to be able to feel betrayed when he lies to Polly and mm-hmm. for, for it to matter when they kill Murray. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it, for those things to, like, really matter and to have some real weight, you really do need that really full amount of time to just literally spend time with your family. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. you. Ha- you have to, or or I don't think those moments mean as much. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like a- actually going back to one of our episodes from earlier this year, like that might be one of the things that pulls Black Mass below a movie like this is we don't spend enough time to care enough about some of the things that happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We don't know these people enough for it to matter so much when they start betraying each other and turning on each other. And then think about that too. Black Mass is based on a book by the guy who caught him. Caught him, right? Yes. So it's a little bit different. So There's no paint, glamour right, there. Yeah, it paints know? Whitey in a very different picture. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's true. That's true. Interesting. Yeah. But there isn't a scene that's wasted. There isn't dialogue oh, no. that's wasted. It's Mm-mm. all just beautifully laid out for you. It's breathless. And for, and for a two and a half hour movie, it's really hard to do. And mm-hmm. for what and 
it doesn't feel like it. It yeah. feels. Oh, I love it. I well, love that's it so uh, that's that's all uh, praise to your, uh, your 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 friendly editor. That's it's the editing in this is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so tight. Well, the whole movie almost plays like a montage. Yeah, and you could watch. I mean, you could put a montage in front of someone. Six hours pass if it's a good enough montage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's what. Yeah. That's what happens here. It's most with the music, with the editing. Yep. It's just constantly moving forward. Yep. So, you know, where there ends up developing a, a full arc, a full you know five act structure. Mm-hmm. You know, where in in the smaller moments, it's just you know straightforward procedural. You know, it's just montage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and we talked about this while we were watching it too. The way one of the interesting things Scorsese does with the movie to sort of kind of keep that momentum, like start the momentum and keep it moving and keep it tight and keep it rolling, is the sound editing choices. Which, uh, as we were watching, we sort of commented on this. This was fascinating to me. Early in the movie, um, before a scene ends, you start hearing the sound from the next scene mm-hmm. because everything is so exciting at this point, and he. Henry is so excited to be being pulled into this world. He can't wait for the next step. He can't wait to get to the next stage of this, the next level up, to not have to go to school anymore and be able to burn cars in a parking <laughs> lot instead of being in class and like you know all that kind of stuff. It's so you hear the sound from the next scene bleeding over into the scene you're currently in before you even get to it because we're so excited to just get and involved, get inside. It's, it's an explosive sound. Yeah. It's a sound like you know a car go, or yeah, yeah. Up or whatever it is, or the, or next the one. sound of a club they're about to enter in the next scene yeah, or yeah. something. You know, it's like you just can't wait. And once you hit the halfway point of the movie where things start to crumble, the that changes, and suddenly the sound of something horrible happening at the end of a scene carries over and bleeds over into the next scene because now everything's rolling downhill. When you're like, man, what just happened? Yeah. yeah instead of, ooh, what's going to happen next? Right. Man, what do we do? God damn it, what just Ugh. happened? And how does that affect every next thing that's mm. going to happen and bleed over into the next horrible shit thing we're going to get into next? I think the there were a couple of times when like Karen crying or like screaming like mm-hmm. bled into the next one, and that is just really... And it got longer and longer yeah. as the movie went on, how long they would let her cry sort of bleed into yeah. the next scene. Uh, yeah, I thought that was and such increasingly with the kids present. Oh yeah, I know. That is, God, that yeah. fucking. The Does that older fuck up I a get, kid actor? I feel like that little girl uh, would have a weird moment from that. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. I always feel like I, she can't understand what filmmaking is. Yeah, this is a little real to her. I feel I, bad. I know. Oh, I, hate that. I know. I know. I, that is a thing I've thought uh, a lot about recently, where I feel like we don't see a lot of scenes like that in movies anymore, where little kids are present for like horrible things. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a thing that like does not happen in movies a lot mm-hmm. anymore. And I, I do I do wonder if that's part of it is like we don't need even in movie world we don't need to show these kids these things. The thing is I love the kids there. I know. It because it gets oh, that yeah. feeling like this is fucking real. I, yeah. But it might be real. You know, I, I know. Really I know. <laughs> uh, oh God. Yeah, because how do you yeah, how do you get like a good reaction out of a kid for a scene like that unless you make them believe like you what's have to happening? believe tragedy yeah. in some type of way. You gotta do take their toy yeah. and cry. Roll it. <laughs> yeah. Digital's not really advantage yet. Go, go, roll it. We got one take on this. Cry, you little bastard. I want you to pretend like like all this that we're pretending is happening to you <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. Ugh. But I mean, since Outside of this movie, there are very far few times that domestic abuse is so hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hilarious <laughs> in this movie. I'm alone? Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's The domestic abuse oh, scenes no. are fucking hilarious. And I, they sh- they're horrifying, but they're so funny. There's, there is a... They have a, uh, like a tone about them that both of these people are complicit in what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Not that she wants to be being beaten or anything like that, but that like... 
she has also made choices that have led these two people to yeah, this yeah. like this awful climax between the two of them where they're 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 fighting to a point where everybody is to blame. You know yes. what I mean? There's yeah. it's it's not that anybody's blameless, it's that everybody's to blame. Right. And so there there almost can be an explosive kind of humor to it because it's like the you two are so fucked funny. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's it is a literal like both of you are so fucked up. Like, what are you doing? You mm-hmm. know? And so there is there is a, almost a, a humor to that. Watching two people, it's like, why are you even battling each other anymore, you fucking idiots? Like, yeah, one yeah. of you needs to walk out. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. There, right. there is You something... want to go up to him and be like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? What do you want me to do? Play yeah, psychologist? Yeah. I'm not going to be a psychologist. You do it. You, you need to leave. <laughs> you got to get yeah. out of here. You got to do this. Yeah. Don't be stupid. <laughs> But I love how all of their fighting and all of their insanity leads to what I like. One of my favorite scenes is when they just like fall to the floor, oh, yeah. hugging each other mm-hmm. at the end because mm-hmm. they know how screwed they are oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. how all of their choices and everything has led them to this moment and they mm-hmm. are fucked oh, yeah. royally. There's no turning back. And it's just sad. Like it's like heartbreaking. It's so and, sad. And both of these people, like they're, they're horrible, but like you just, you, you just feel for them. Oh, yeah. So much. I wish I couldn't say this, but I could see myself getting down into that path, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Sure. If, if presented into this uh-huh. exact situation, you're like, yeah, I get yeah. it. I well, understand. I get it. Yeah. I, there's the, you know, there's the whole idea of indoctrination and stuff like that. Like, he's pretty young when he starts getting involved in this stuff. Like, you, it, this is a very believable uh, path for, like, a, a young man to mm. take, as far as I'm concerned. I, it, it, you know, This was back in the day when you would choose the gangster life mm-hmm. as opposed to the gangster life, you know, choosing you. Choosing you, you. Right. yeah. So. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, well, because, like I said, it's like he grew up in economic circumstances that, like, we look at now and we go, like, yeah, of course that's what that breeds. But at the time, it's like, that's sort of how he even presents it in the story is, like... No, nah, I knew I had a couple of options. That was just that was the option that looked like the one that would get me to a place I wanted to be. What do you want me to do? Go to yeah. school? I'm not yeah. gonna go to school. Yeah. You go to school. I'm yeah. gonna go be a mom. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, yeah, it's it's almost like he does have a a choice to some extent. I think this is uh, we don't necessarily have to go to the list yet. I don't know how we're looking on time, but that what is going to be our list tonight. Yeah, um, despicable protagonist. Yes, and I think that uh, for the reason that he's such a good uh, audience surrogate. Yes, Henry Hill's a great despicable protagonist yeah Absolutely. and it's because they paint him in that sort of again i don't know how real that is to the real henry hill but the idea that he doesn't really want to get his hands dirty he just wants to reap the benefits of people getting their hands dirty if he can kind of keep it's not the goal of every job right to be the one behind the desk you know counting the money yeah exactly uh not the accountant higher yes yes <laughs> and, and so you know I, I think that that's uh that's why we he can be our surrogate right is because we can buy into that like yeah i guess i guess if i felt like i could manipulate the system in that way where everybody's doing the work for me maybe i could end up in this situation you know what i mean and so that's why he kind of works as a surrogate i think it's like there's just enough of like a, a conscience in there right. to to be like yeah okay i I recognize a little bit of myself in that guy. You know right. what I mean? Um, before we hit the list, I did want to talk about that last shot that Pesci pops up in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think that's uh, uh, about? Because he's what, dead. The, the gun yeah. pointed at the camera. Well, that's that, that's the uh, great train robbery. See, I've never seen that. And, uh, but uh, even if it's a reference to that, like, what does that mean in the context of the movie? It's, what... it's more layers. This is why I love this movie so much. Yeah. Like, I, I love the little... Cause that, and that's not the only one. I love... 
um, somewhere in the in the beginning when he has uh, Karen watching the jazz singer. Yeah, yeah. It could have been anything, but uh-huh. it was a jazz singer, uh-huh. and it was very specific. And mm-hmm. there's a reason why it's there, and it's. I think it has something to do with. Scorsese's love of film history. I think mm-hmm. he loves just peppering things in like that. Mm-hmm. But the way that I've always read, and I think it's supposed to be an open-ended thing, like your interpretation of it, mm-hmm. um, I always kind of thought the ending to be how he's gotten away from the life, but mm-hmm. he's never, I think, done looking over his shoulder. Right. And I think that, you know, Tommy and Jimmy will always be just mm-hmm. like one step behind, just right step behind him. So I think that that's part of it. That I t- yeah, I, th- I sort of thought of it as like a paranoid thing. But it was interesting to me that it is Tommy who they choose to show there because Tommy is dead. Right. Like it's not Jimmy who mm-hmm. is alive and potentially well, could thing, though, be over his shoulder. They were just told that Tommy was dead. That's true. They were just told on the phone. He said, hey, they whacked him and yeah. moved on. Right. There you go. Interesting. So, and he was at you know, a ceremony to be made. Exactly. Well, and the thing is, they, they know he's dead, but right. it's like, there's that doubt. Right. You know, what if what if he's just What if not, he really got made and they crazy. lied to there us? There's helicopters on me. Yeah. What, if he's, what if he's not there? And he's so paranoid. Mm-hmm. Yo, know, that's a good point. He's so yeah. paranoid at that point, too. It's like, he went. He was at a ceremony to get well, made. Well, as an audience, who's the one character that if you ran into, you would not be sure about how that was going to end? It's Tommy. That Tommy, yeah. The second you see his face with a gun pointed at you, it's like, well, I guess that's yeah. it. This is how it all goes down. That's uh. I, I, I actually really like that, because I had that thought. I was like, well, it's paranoia probably, but why Tommy? And that actually makes sense, because it's like, well, they don't really know he's dead. They were told he's dead. Mm. He was technically at a ceremony to get made, which would mean, literally, he says, getting made means nobody can touch you, and you can touch whoever the fuck you want. Exactly. Uh, and so, and the two of them have been a part of now that... But, the two of them being Henry and, and Jimmy, this like big operation that has gone real fucking south and everybody has had to be sort of taken out. And it was against was the rules anyway. Yeah. All of it was I against like the rules. So it's like, yeah, maybe maybe that was Tommy got made. The first thing he did was say, okay, now you tell him you fucking whacked me because mm. those two guys got to go. They're now the loose ends. Absolutely. Mm. And even in, in the Great Train Robbery, apparently, what I've heard yeah. about the history is when that shot popped up yeah. of the robber at the end, Everybody, all of the people was like, oh, it's a... They all oh, freaked out. Oh, uh-huh. This is almost as scary as that moving train. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, and so, but you get that for just a quick second. Yeah. You've, the same way in Hugo, yes, you capture a little bit of the magic of what it must have been like to see uh, Man on the Moon. Yep. Not the Andy Kaufman one. No, yes. Still yeah, yeah. fun, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, to see that, you get a little bit of that. We see it in 3D. Yeah. Oh, so that's our. So in this one, we see a person that we've been made afraid of. Right. Yes. And then he points a gun at us. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Yeah, we're good. I like that. That is such a great point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. This movie is fucking. Uh, I can't believe you, I went so long without seeing I it. Yeah, of course. Love this movie. <laughs> of course. You know who else claims it as his favorite movie? My father. Oh, there you go. Nice. It's the and, but I think the reason he thinks it's so good is deep down he wants to be a mob. All dads do, I think. Dads I love was being say, mobsters. This is the life he thinks he might have missed He's out on. He's always like, like they're so funny to him. Yeah. He think, like he loves the Sopranos, uh-huh, uh-huh. but like for Goodfellas, he loves the the first two acts of the movie. When yeah. it starts to go sour, he's not really paying attention. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He just loves to live there for a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. I could have been a mobster. <laughs> Well, uh, 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 previous and then you showed up and ruined things. <laughs> Whatever, Dad. Previous it's a guest journal, not a diary. <laughs> the graphic novels, not comic book. <laughs> uh, previous guest uh. of the show, Joe Bell, said to me earlier today, and I thought this was like such a after seeing the movie now too. This is like a great encapsulation of it. He was like, "I love that movie." He was like, "I kind of actually watch it all the time." 
but it's only because you know it'll be like on HBO or something. He's like, that's a perfect movie where even if it's halfway through, I'll just watch it for ten minutes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's it's not told in a typical narrative structure. It's just a series of ten minute scenes, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. and they're all their own little like three act plays. He was like, so you could just like sit down with that movie for fifteen minutes, even if it's like an hour in, a half hour in, two hours in, and you just be like, oh yeah, I love this scene, and mm-hmm. you just sit through, watch that, and it's just like. He's like, and they're all funny. They're all, and he was right. It was just like every. It's just a series of these little sort of like stage plays, one after another. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I think the way that it's cut too, and this is what I meant to say earlier, is that it, when I was saying it was like a montage. Yeah, that's why I love documentaries. Yeah, because you feel like you're learning because it's just presented in the in the form of what is essentially a montage. Yeah, this feels like a documentary. I learn a little bit about the mob. I hang out with these new friends, uh-huh. and you know, and then you watch it all go to shit. But it it feels like you're learning something. Yeah, yeah. God, I it, it was. I I kind of can't wait to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's now you gotta watch Casino. I, yeah, yeah, it's I homework mean, time. Yeah, it's homework time, baby. Uh, I I don't know. It was just like one of those things where it like washed over me, and I was enjoying it so much and laughing so much. I immediately want to watch it again because I feel like I missed details that aren't important but are gonna be like so. Uh, I don't know, revealing of like other characters and their motivations in the movie and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's uh, I love a movie like this where it's like, oh, I'm in. I love these characters. I'm invested. I, I want to watch this four more times and figure out like truly what is Jimmy's story. Well, you know like, what you're really gonna do? You're gonna Tommy turn it on while through. you're doing other stuff yeah. and just check into it. Yeah. And you're gonna pick everything. Oh, up. good background movie. Yep. Yeah. That's. I think that's how I ended up growing to love Boogie Nights. Yeah. Very similar structurally. Same yep. kind of story being told. Yep. But for a while, it was just the DVD that was in my DVD player. Yeah. So it was just, ah, I'm going to bed. Where is it? Where? So I must have watched Boogie Nights, you know, 10 times over the course of a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, that's my favorite. That's movie. how I ended up with a Ghostbusters tattoo. Exactly. I was doing that. <laughs> yeah. That's how I ended up with a Dirk Diggler tattoo. <laughs> you know, that's how it oh, goes. Did you get his penis tattooed on your penis? Uh, no, on my inner thigh, actually. So I can just <laughs> always compare and like push. Like, get there. Uh, you got little markings on it every yeah. year. It gets a little closer to being that size. Yeah, I actually had to retract it last year. <laughs> A very shameful experience at the tattoo parlor. No, I don't like, want Jimmy, to be- bring it back. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh. What are you going to do? It was a cold winter. <laughs> <laughs> Boogie Nights, y'all. Ugh. Great movie. No, but it's, it's structurally similar. Yes, it and it's is. for that reason that every 10 minutes is just, yeah. oh, yeah, it's the best scene right, ever. It's this thing. Oh, it's the thing that's the yeah. best scene ever. I love this part. Yeah. What's your favorite scene in Goodfellas? You know, it's really, really hard. I, you know, what scene I think I like the most because, again, it's one that I didn't really pick up on it until probably like the fifth time I watched it. But it's when Jimmy and Paul come to visit um, Henry when he's at Janice's house, telling mm-hmm. him that he has to go back home. Yeah, and they're dressed in business suits. <laughs> Because to them, this is a business call. It's not a friend call. Uh-huh. And they're basically warning him that they might have to kill Karen because uh-huh. she's a maniac. Yeah. And he has to go home because. Wow. And I didn't even notice that. They, they, they're, they're just dressed in because this is like a business call. And it's. it's that little is such stuff a like great that. detail. Yeah. Little stuff like that. And they're talking to him like, this is what you got to do. Yeah. And they're I think not. There's a little bit of like the family thing in that too, though, where it's like. You have a family. You got to go home to them. Yeah. It doesn't matter how crazy it gets. You you have to take care of that yeah. too. Paulie literally says at one point, "It's about appearances." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he says that he he's he's like, "No, you don't. This is about appearances. Like that's important." Because while you're screwing around, yeah. you're also fucking up our business. Yeah. So yep. 
your activities yes. outside are yes. affecting our work and that's ah. a problem so it's like a work problem and a personal problem at, at the same time yeah so if i went into hr and jimmy conway was staring back <laughs> holy ah, shit. you know what this is gonna be bad isn't it? Is it you walk into jimmy conway's office he just stares you down for a second pulls a remote up and hits play on cream <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as he stares at you it's like what do you want me to do pay you more i'm not gonna pay you more you pay you more work harder <laughs> Guess I gotta work harder. All right, all right. And I just love Jimmy. He's like, I got your wife coming over, and, she, and she's talking to my wife. I can't have it. I can't <laughs> have it. I can't have it. It's, he says it like ten he times. Says it like I, ten just, times. I just, uh, I just, I, I can't. I can't. I can't have it. I can't have it. Well, he never explains his motivations for anything. No. It's just you don't do that. What is wrong with you? Yeah. You don't. Do, you want me to? Do it? Yeah. You don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Hey, hey. Yeah. Don't do it. I love Don't do it. And eventually you're like, all right, I guess I won't do you're not giving me any other options. I, I love do it. the idea of their wives talking being the worst <laughs> and he's thing. Just sitting like, there like Yeah, like that's the worst. Like you gotta keep your goddamn wife away from my wife. <laughs> well, because they're they're only there for appearances. Right. They're not yep. people. No. What are you talking about? It's it's just it goes next to goes well, good with my gun. And I think there's also still that thing of like their wives know what's going on, but they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And so it's like, ah, if, our wife, if, if your wife is coming over to talk to my wife because she's fucking mad at you, what does she start telling my wife about what I'm fucking doing with you? you I know? feel like you could devote a whole show to it. You could call it Mob Wives. <laughs> and you could pick different, different towns to place them in. Like Atlanta. Mob Wives in Atlanta. Mob Wives in Miami. Yeah. They're the hotter wives. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to hit these lists? Yeah, so what we decided to do in honor of this was deplorable protagonists. Despicable, yes. not deplorable. Well, I guess that's really the same thing. Yeah. They're all schnooks, is what I'm saying here. And uh, I was actually talking to a couple friends about this, uh -huh. and we ran into some, some problems. Yes. When does despicable cross over with pitiable? Yes. And that mm. became an issue. And oh, it started with, like, Patrick Bateman was on the uh -huh, list. Uh -huh. I said, well, is he... Is he despicable because he killed all these people or is he suffering from a mental illness and he didn't right. do anything wrong right is he d despicable or pitiable right but then it, it started to become like wait a minute we could kind of argue this with everybody mm -hmm. did henry hill have a chance right i don't know maybe don't know. maybe not but i kind of feel bad for him because i could have done that i mm -hmm. guess you know there's there's a little bit of that in me right but is he despicable or is he pitiable so i know when coming up with my list i considered that and i found it just confounding I couldn't really justify someone as entirely despicable, but for one member of my list. I, I ran into similar things with, like, uh, funnily enough, the other word in this protagonist. I ran into this thing where I was like, yeah, despicable protagonist. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, technically the way a protagonist works is, like, everybody's the protagonist of their own story. So, like, I could just put the Terminator on this list, I guess, because he's a fucking protagonist. Of it. You know, I was like, so I started running this thing of like, so who is really a protagonist right, yeah. that is actually despicable? And I, I think I'm that was mostly my guiding principle for the most part, uh, was that they're truly the protagonist as as the movie is presenting a protagonist and that they are, but also like truly despicable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That they're not actually like a villain of some kind, at least as far mm -hmm. as the movie is concerned, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. What a, uh, Any guiding I, principles for you? I overthought the crap out of this, <laughs> probably. Uh -huh. That's the um, fun of the list. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> why they're great. Um, I didn't want to choose like evil villains because I don't, I think that they're two different things. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I had a hard time with it. 
I'm yeah. Say. And I think I'm kind of like all over the place with. That's fine. What I picked. That's so. fine. I got. Some I <laughs> just put mine in order now, and yeah. I'm already considering rotating in one of my honorable mentions. Well, yeah. I I didn't put mine in any order. I hope that's okay. No, that's fine. Okay. No, <laughs> not at all. I I all almost right. never put mine okay. in an order. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who wants to drop one. I okay. Here, I'll start us off on a really fun note. This is one I thought of. I'm putting it on the list just because I think it's fun. Anakin Skywalker is a fucking despicable protagonist. Nice. That dude kills a village full of childrens for mm-hmm. vengeance. He is de- definitively the protagonist of the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and he is he is a despicable protagonist. He's like a real fucking shit. He's. I'll say it like this: When the Rogue One trailer came out, yeah. I was like, "All right, all right." And then as soon as Vader showed up, I went. Yes! Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so excited. I thought about that. I, almost, I was him. like, I was like, oh, I got to put Darth Vader on this list. And I was like, no, Darth Vader's the villain. And then I was like, ah, no, he's not. He's the fucking <laughs> he's protagonist the of the other ones. <laughs> he is uh, a despicable protagonist. Yes. The only thing is, that the only issue I have with that in yeah. your entry is that even then, I didn't like him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what do you do? You want me to be a Jedi? Yeah. I want to be a Jedi. You be a Jedi. Do it better. I'm gonna call that a f- get a purple sword. A fault of the presentation, not yes. necessarily the story itself. I think he is meant to be the protagonist and also meant to be despicable. Fair enough. Uh, so I think he fits on the list. I, I, I'm glad he's there. Yes, yes. Hit me, hit me with one. Who's got one? Um, Jerry Lundegaard from Fargo. Ooh, Ooh. I like this one. he plans his own wife's kidnapping. Yes. <laughs> mm. And, uh, yeah, actually, I think we could justify him as a protagonist in that movie, too. See, I considered yeah. him for my list, but I feel like the protagonist is uh, Margie. That is the true protagonist of she the is. movie, I yeah. think, she for sure. True. Yeah, um, but I think I could make an argument for Jerry as a protagonist in that movie. It doesn't work for me because I'm not rooting for him to get away with Interesting, it. Interesting, yeah. I'm not. I'm not into it. Like I don't want him to get away right, with it. Right. Right. You know. But uh, you know, I, I want Margie to catch him. Is that maybe because he's pitiable? But well, yes. here's the other thing yeah. too: is yes. that when yeah. it's looking like he's gonna get whacked, I also don't want him to die. Yeah. Right. He's. You know. He's. I, I guess I know Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. The guard. Yeah. Jerry. That's, Jerry. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Jerry. Oh, Margie. Hey, Marge. Well, I guess in the same vein, I'll put in my number five, Lewin Davis. Oh, oh I love that pick. I did think about him, but mm. I love I. I, I wake love up him. most days thinking <laughs> about Lewin Davis. <laughs> I, the best. In a similar vein, I thought about putting Scott Pilgrim on my list. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, then, yeah. Because I, uh, I mean, Lewin Davis, I think they are making a much more. Oh, he's uh, a piece of shit. Clear that yeah. he's a piece of shit. Uh, but I think. Morning. <laughs> but I think Scott is a similar sort of like a self-involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Similar self-involved piece of shit. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, I love that choice because that is well, he was probably the shit a couple weeks yes, ago. Yep. He was the guy. They were the hot folk yep. act. That was that was the thing. Yep. But now it's like, oh man, I got this cat. Yep. This girl's pregnant. Yep. I might have a kid somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And we got this, <laughs> this heroin addict in my car with the cat. But entirely, Garrett Headlands here. Ugh. Yeah, I get but it. you know, I, I get it. But yeah, he is also like, you know, fucking take care of the kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yep. he's that thing. Yeah, but I often it, felt like that was the Cohen brothers saying, if the other one died. This is what could happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. I lost, if they jumped off, you don't jump off the Brooklyn, or which <laughs> one? I forget which one. Yeah, I don't remember. Lewin Davis, number five. Lewin Davis. Uh, let me see. I am going to give you. <sighs> Actually, I, I made a note here. Lewin Davis, the reason we like him by the end is because he learns to hate himself for the right reasons. Because <laughs> he, he, was, he was hating himself in that emo way. Yeah. But then when he was like, oh, no, 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 I should hate myself, and All it's right. because I'm being I a piece of shit. suck. <laughs> uh, I am going to hit you with, and now here's the thing. I wrote down the titles of movies, and why can't I remember the character's name now? Because uh, it's a fucking great name that's right on the tip of my tongue. 
Uh, uh, oh, come on. There will be blood. What's that character's name? Oh, uh, Plainview. Plainview. Daniel, Plainview. Daniel Plainview. There will be blood. I that is he is definitively the protagonist of that movie, and he is a despicable human being. Mm-hmm. And I love watching him. He is one of the most entertaining, I think, like modern movie characters. I like really love watching that character, and all he does is like horrible, manipulative shit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh. It's yeah. been a while since I've seen it, but I remember the opening. He was a little bit greedy, but he was bound by honor. Uh-huh. Like when he took the deaf kid on, it was just it's what you do. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's just what you do. Right. You do it. My friend died. I got to take care of his. But kid. he also like. But his descent. Yeah. Um, you're on board because you see that corruption. Yeah. It's, the, it's another similar to Boogie Nights or, or Goodfellas. Yeah. You sort of go. I guess I could have been there. He also sends that kid away the moment the kid becomes physically useless to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As soon as the kid's not becoming a little plain view, you're out. Got to get done. out. Cut off. Yep. I, I so it's like I understand. I like I I do think there is a part of him that when he takes on the kid, it's like, well, this is what you do. I I also think evidenced by him just ditching him as soon as he's oh, yeah. useless to him. It's that's like, part of his descent. This is also function. Just, this is oh, and it looks good. He's I, sold with that yeah, kid. Yeah, I picked up this kid because there's a functional use mm-hmm. to this kid. You know. Um. Yeah, he's fucking despicable, he but he's despicable. a great protagonist. He's like a, such a fascinating force in that movie. You, know? you want to watch him fall? Yeah. Or or make it to the top. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like I would be just as satisfied watching that horrible man just fucking just conquer, dominate. Which technically actually is what happens. Yeah. Like his life seems real shitty at the end, but he's got a ton of money and he dominates the guy he's been trying to have vengeance on for twenty years. <laughs> he like he wins at the end of that movie. He's finished. Yeah. Jill, hit me with another. Okay. Um, Lou Bloom from Nightcrawler. Ooh, oh, that's a great my one. God, what a good choice. That's uh, oh, I didn't even think about that. It's painful to me that I didn't think about Lou. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But you wanted to do it. He works very hard for his dream. He does. I'll that give him that. scene where he's fucking digging into Rene Russo at the restaurant, and mm-hmm. he's just like, this is what you're going to give me. This is how you're going to do it. I own you. Like, I fucking... Oh, God damn it. What a piece of shit. It's the same kind of thing as There Will Be Blood, where it's like, I'm good at this. Yeah. Be the best at it. Yep. Yeah. Crush everybody. Yes. <laughs> that is, Nightcrawler is, is one of my favorite, like, go-to-bed movies. It's great. It was my favorite of that year. I remember uh-huh. putting that my number one, but, man, that is, whew, that oh. is chilling stuff. Chill. Oh, yeah. So good. Just so the good. idea that, like, yeah, I guess once a sociopath finds the system in which they are great, it's over for everybody else. <laughs> Well, it's sort of a, an indictment of, you know, when people take advantage of capitalism. Uh-huh. It's an indictment of that. It's oh, just, yeah. you know, one way to make it to the top is to be honest and work hard. Yep. Another way is to crush anything that stands in your way because it also works. And manipulate a crime scene by yep. moving a dead body <laughs> to get a good shot. Yep. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Cringe. Brutal stuff. Brutal stuff. What do you got, Skulls? All right, number four is uh, Sean Bateman from The Rules of Attraction. Ooh. He's sexually promiscuous, unsafe, violent drug addict with a severe case of affluenza. <laughs> we want to see him f- get what he feels he deserves, uh-huh. but we also want to see him get what he deserves. What he actually deserves. And it's okay because he's okay with either of those as well. Right, yeah. If he burns out, fine, whatever. Yeah. Fuck it, rock and roll. Yeah. If he becomes this, if he becomes the Patrick Bateman, even better. Whatever. Great, whatever. Yeah. Rock and roll. That's a great choice. I... I did not even that didn't even cross my mind. It's that, a good movie. Uh, that movie that is good. I thought the 
I remember the first time I saw that movie. Uh, it like, <laughs> I saw it with Bauer actually. Oh, really? Theater. Yeah. It like kind of crushed me. I think I was a little too young for it, yeah, and yeah. it was like I, all of it was like a little too abrasive for me. I was like, oh, I don't, this is all. Oh, I don't, you know. And so I remember the scene where uh, Sean tries to commit suicide over and over and over again, failing over and over again. And I remember being so <laughs> like offended and freaked out and like so upset by it. And I don't even think it was two years later I saw it again and was like cackling wildly as he fails to kill himself. So over did and the over real again. suicide in that movie just like destroy you that oh, first dude, time? Yeah, it, 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 I, that whole movie like wrecked me the first time I saw it. I was oh, yeah. definitely like too young to uh, get what was kind of going on underneath all of it. I was just watching the surface of these teenagers just destroy themselves. You know what I mean? Mm. My number four, Sean Bateman, uh, James Vanderbeek, <laughs> James Vanderbrow. Uh, ready? Here we go. Number I gotta say, I miss him. I liked him. He I, was, I he was pretty too. good. Yeah, that's it. That's all. <laughs> I did. I liked him as well. I, th- I, in fact, I bet. Let's get would, back on the beak, y'all. I bet he would make get it, on the van. I bet he's an interesting <laughs> presence now. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like he, he would probably make a good like middle-aged dad in something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yep. I, he would be. I bet he'd be great at that. <laughs> Dawson's porch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just them all like get all off right. my lawn. Yeah, oh, you know things are getting tough. Yeah. He's got his own YouTube channel now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see that? It's crazy. Oh no. I oh, James that was a joke a because channel. the character Dawson was obsessed with making movies. James Vanderbeek and Matthew McConaughey both have YouTubes that are Woo! are fun to watch. Awesome. I'm gonna check it yeah. out. I'm gonna get on that Vanderbeek as you've just coined. That's right. Uh, Ride the beak. Squawk, squawk. My number call. three. You ready for this? Yep. I'm gonna hit you. I have no idea what this character's name is. Not at all. But he's the titular character of the film. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nicholas Cage, baby. Oh, my uh, God. I really thought you were going to match my number three, but I won't we'll oh, get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that one. Oh, dude. I I love that movie so much. Nicholas Cage, directed by Werner Herzog. It's a sentence I need to hear once a day just to make sure I'm still alive and everything is great with the world. God loves you, and that's proof. Exactly. Uh, the d- Totally despicable character. Like, one of the most despicable characters definitively the protagonist of that movie so much so he does win at the end the whole movie is do do the means justify the ends that's Mm. what the whole thing's about and the means are absolutely awful but he gets to the ends but does they hope Uh does they dream Uh (laughs) does a nicholas cage ever have a salt doing that i would imagine him directing him holy god i just realized there might be a director's commentary to that movie. Oh, my God. And if there amazing. is, that has to be what it is, right? It has to be Werner Herzog being like, what does a Nicolas Cage sink when I say, Nicholas, you now need to watch a dancing lizard for five minutes. Although I got to say, other actors would be harder to get watch a dancing lizard. For That's five true. Minutes. Nicolas Cage is probably like, I got this lizard. <laughs> then you make it dance. Whatever. I'm out on crack. Can you? I want to see the behind the scenes. Oh, my I'm just God. Like, Cut. Bigger. <laughs> I don't know why he got uh, Hispanic on that one. Bigger. Oh. <laughs> Grande. No. I love the idea of Werner Herzog yeah. having to tell Nicolas Cage to go bigger. Yeah. Werner, I'm giving it everything I got. <laughs> the, the gesture. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, that's my, number three. that's my number three. Did you, did you hear Werner Herzog on Marin? No, I, I still haven't listened to that yet. He he Herzog's the shit out of it. <laughs> but he has uh, he asked him about Jack Reacher. Oh, yeah. And he was like, oh, did you like doing Jack Reacher? And he says something to the effect of, I'm going to butcher it, but he's like, well, I was paid handsomely to be very scary. And man, I can be scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. 
<laughs> but he says it in like a jolly way yeah. where you're like, well, I'm gonna sit on your lap and hear some stories, Uncle Vernie. Verner. Oh, uh, Jill, what do you got? Give me another. All right. Um, depending on how you guys feel about this character, I might get some shit for this. But um, James Bond. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Oh, I love this pick actually. I he's hate married James to the job. Bond. You hate James Bond. I hate that yeah. character. I yeah. don't think he's written for women. No, so. Definitely. Defini- <laughs> definitively not. So for me, he is despicable yeah. for many reasons. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I think, uh, uh, one, I, I kind of agree with that read of the character to begin with. But even if you want to separate yourself from that and just go, nah, he's a, he's just an adventure. Ca- you know, he's like an adventure mm. lead character, blah, 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 whatever. He is a killer. That's what he, you know, he is literally a killer. He's he has the, a license. He has a license. Gives him the, uh, yeah, gives him the right <laughs> yes. to end lives. Yeah. That's, That's what, what he called. does. He's, uh, I think it's a, uh, a license to, to murder. murder. Yeah. Uh, a murder a permit. Life. That's what it is. <laughs> murder permit. Now you come back here with a warrant for my life or get off my lawn. I got a murder permit. You know what that means? <laughs> it means, means I can shoot you if, if there's a parent or guardian also <laughs> holding my gun. Uh, I so I think I could make an argument for that, even if he's not like a misogynist piece of shit that we have to have that conversation about. You know what I mean? He's like, he's a killer. That's what he does. He's My question always is though, like. Because to me, I, I agree. He treats the women like shit, but yeah. that is one of my favorite parts of his character. Right. Because he's such, he's such a, a creep. Yeah, and, yeah. And honestly, and it's funny in the same way that it's like. Eh, Tommy's funny. He kills people. Right. He's brutal, but man, what a silly guy. Whenever Bond gives like a pun, I'm always like, that's that's what Bond does. There, but he always does it. And I can imagine that's <laughs> that can get grating. Well, there I, is I have had this thought about that character in the past where it's like uh d- definite misogynist. That I think is a problem to go like, here's your hero, and he's a misogynist. However, <laughs> he is literally a monster, he's a killer, that's what he does. Uh, and we can make arguments about if he's killing for good or bad or whatever, but leave that out of it. He's let's just say as a moral thing, like killing is wrong, and so like he's a killer. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Do, do you want him to be like real? Is that like a part of his character that we want to see, where he's like really good to women? Though that's like that, that's you my know point what I mean. Is it's like, like it's not like, should to he me. be a piece of shit? Like he is a piece of shit. Like I don't so know. I it almost makes sense to me, to me that he's like a misogynist Bond a shit. bad character so much as it's like, I think it's probably a time we just give Bond a break for a little bit. Right, right. You know, we talked about making him Idris Elba. Put him to bed for 10 years, bring yeah. Idris Elba into it, you got it. People yeah, are going to yeah. be on board. Yep. But with every new Bond that comes out, we're, you know, two years off the previous one. Yep. There's there's no room for a deviation on the character. Yeah. But, give you know, put him to bed, come back. Oh, yeah. We could marry him. You know, uh-huh. we could give, give him some... Uh-huh. I, th- that was one thing they kind of did with Casino Royale. Right, they gave they him a love, to... but then they killed her and was like, well, now we can fuck anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel nothing. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, so I, 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 I actually love that choice because I, I think there's an argument to be made for that no matter how you slice mm. that. He's the definitive When you watch it, you go, oh, these... you piece of shit. Yeah. But I hope he wins. Right, yeah. I hope he does it. We're, we're yeah. definitely supposed to root for him. Yeah, absolutely. To slaughter a bunch of people mm. and fuck a girl, never call her again. I mean, that's, a girl with a with an incredibly he... punny, sexually suggestive <laughs> yes. name. Yes. Yeah, Tits McGee, right? That's what one of them was <laughs> called. I mean, it might as well be Pussy Galore. Yeah, is yeah. fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like that's too much. Yeah, it's too. It's like what was that the last one? Yeah, <laughs> was that the, this meet this new girl. What's your name? Sex lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I uh, I appreciate them being so like upfront about it. Like at least sure. it's just obvious. Like yes. these women it's are not there for in any a way. reason, it's and not, that's yeah. what it is. Right. There's a designation, a bond yeah, girl. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So right. I get it. Right. But. Uh, listen, I yeah, I obviously that 
I don't know why women would like. I literally have no idea why a woman would want to watch I'd a Bond hate it. movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no idea. Uh, but I also don't know that we want Bond to be like a real great dude. To I don't know that we want him to be redeemable Absolutely. because he's like it. good to women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's uh, anyway. So James Bond Jr. So we know he was a dad at some point. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. What are we up to? Three. Three. Hit me three. Ronnie from Observer Report. Oh, dude. He's off his meds. He's yep. legitimately dangerous. He's yep. a violent rapist with a huge power complex. Yep. There's nothing redeeming about him except that he's clueless about it. Yes. That's it. I, and I love it. I will tell you that I wanted to put him on my list, but I ended up having the the pitiable, is he actually despicable, like he suffers from mental health. I had that same conversation with myself mm-hmm. and talked myself out of it. Yeah, that I I I love that movie, and that is I I think a great example of a despicable protagonist. It was going to be him or Travis Bickle. I thought about Travis, and Bickle I was too. like, which one am I going to do? You know, we talked Taxi Driver yeah. to death. It's got to be Observe yeah. and Report because I love him, but he fucking shoots a man in the chest. Oh, yes, rapes a girl that he drugged yep. up, and it's all so fucking funny. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's I, you that's know, a deplorable, a despicable protagonist. Totally. Uh, I realized while we were watching Goodfellas tonight. That there's a big Goodfellas reference in Observing Report that I never got when he tells the guy, I'm going to put your head in the fucking oven if you ever do that again. Yep. Patton Oswalt, I think, right? He takes Patton Oswalt and tries to put his head in the oven. It also has Ray Liotta. Ah, yes, it does. So there's that. It has a cup. Now the tables have turned. Oh, God. He's he's so amazing in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite scene in the movie is when he's shouting at him in front of the mall manager. It's <laughs> my favorite scene in the movie. Love it. Uh, my number two. Number two. Uh, listen, I had to bend the rules a little bit on this one because it's the only way to make this one work Mm -hmm. perfectly. The entire cast of Very Bad Things. Has anyone seen Very Bad Things? No. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. It's a super dark comedy. It's about five dudes that go to Vegas for a bachelor party, accidentally kill a hooker, and instead of turning themselves in, they decide to bury her body in the desert. And then the rest of the movie is about them thinking that one of them is going to rat on the other, so they just start killing each other off because they're all huge pieces of shit. Mm. Here's why I say the entire cast, though, because the other character we haven't talked about is Cameron Diaz's character, who is uh, who John Favreau is going to going to be marrying. So that's like the bachelor party is for their wedding. She is a huge piece of shit in the movie too. She's like this bridezilla that ha- clearly hates the guy she's going to marry. He just has enough money to pay for the wedding that she wants. And by the end of the movie, she gets punished by having to have like this crippled husband from all the death and rampant stuff. It's the whole movie is about despicable, deplorable people the whole way and around. And you want them to get away with it? Oh yeah. It's, Anytime someone gets off, I'm like, all right, well, the four of you can put yeah, it together yeah, yeah. Get, and figure this out. Yeah, you can, yeah. You can get, we'll bury her. We'll yeah. move it. It's good. All right, we're down to three. Yeah. All right, all right. we can still ah, do it. Yeah. I can ruin that movie for you. How? Um, it ruined it for me because I love that movie. Yeah. But the no legs thing at the end. It's very clear that he's kneeling so much that yeah. you can see his feet sticking out of the back oh, of the yeah, wheelchair. Yeah. That ruined it for me. Oh, I don't give it's a shit. It's so bad that I was like, I can't unsee that. Yeah. Because the first time I'm like, oh, this is fucked up. Yeah. Amazing. I'm 15. Yeah. And then 17 rolled around and I noticed it and I was like, ah, I don't care about that. That hurts. It <laughs> hurts me. That movie is so funny. It is really good. I, my favorite scene is when uh, uh, Lila Norser <laughs> is uh, in one of the graves that they've dug for the people. And at this point, they, they've killed two people at this point. Uh, they've chopped their bodies up into pieces and then packed them into luggage so that they could get them out of the hotel they killed them in. And so they're burying them in these these graves they've dug in the desert. Uh, and so they've got all these body parts and they're putting them in the graves. And suddenly Daniel Stern freaks out and he's like, no, 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 no wait, 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 we can't do this. By Jewish law, he's Jewish. He's by Jewish law, the body has to be buried whole 
we've got their pieces all mixed up. They're not going to be able to go into the afterlife. And so they all start like tossing body parts back and forth to each other, trying to reassemble the bodies. And there's just a shot of Leland Orser crouched on his knees inside of one of the graves, holding two body parts. And he's just going, I have her leg and his arm. You need need a guy to incredulously freak out. It's Leland Orson. He's the best. It is so funny. Seven, man. He's the the Beatles of that guy in Seven. It's like the grimmest, funniest thing I've ever seen. It is so... Oh, God, I love that movie. Man, Peter Berg used to be so I know! I know! Lone Survivor. Fuck off. I know. Uh, But yeah, I just... That that movie, top to bottom, literally every character that comes across screen is a huge piece of shit, and I love all of them very much. They're fun characters. Right on. Right on. What do you got for number two, Jill? All right. Well, my last two choices are kind of boring, but um, I picked Jordan Belfort Ah, for obvious reasons. Thought about him, yep. And in honor of Scorsese tonight, Uh I decided to to do that. Mr. Belfort, yeah. Mr. Belfort. (laughs) He is everything that I loathe about what a man can be. So (laughs) as a woman, that's why I chose him. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, now, is that movie easier for you to stomach because it is at least like a criticism of of that uh, oh, despicable man? My favorite scene in that movie is when he's so hopped up on drugs and he's falling down. I was laughing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That performance—it's amazing. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> I was like, "This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen." <laughs> it is hilarious. It is. Pathetic. Uh-huh. It is sad uh-huh. all at the oh, same yeah. time. Uh-huh. It's, and it's all such of those a great things. like physical <laughs> yeah. feat oh, by DiCaprio. God, I know that's <laughs> so good. I, he should have won an Oscar, I think, oh. for literally for that scene. They should have created a whole new Oscar for best performance in a three-minute scene. Uh, it, they it, give the Lifetime Achievement Award to Bernie from Weekend <laughs> at Bernie's for <laughs> doing a similar thing for an hour and a half. <laughs> Uh, that is a that, that is a great choice. He, best performance in Ragdoll Physics. <laughs> the, no, the nominees are. But uh, literally a bunch of dummies from yeah, movies yeah. that got thrown off of things and Leonardo DiCaprio. It would be the, the girl from uh, Magnum Force that got shot out the window <laughs> and hit like 10 balconies yeah. on the way down. Completely in the nude. Total yeah. rubber doll. Yeah. That's a great Ragdoll performance. It's all Jason victims and yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. In <laughs> it's like a what, like lifeguard in sleeping bag for her performance <laughs> in Jason XX. Jason XXX. Oh, you think we'll ever get there? I would watch that. That probably exists already, I mean, actually. It's never going to stop. Yeah. It might take a while between movies, but they're they're coming. I just like the idea that they refuse to make the Jason porn parody until they actually get to Jason yeah. XXX in the series. Dude, when I was in New Orleans, I went into a porn store down there and saw a Pee Wee Herman, Pee Wee's like, you know, playhouse or something. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and, and the guy legitimately looked like Pee Wee on wow. the cover. Now, he might just be a, a cover model. The guy <laughs> inside might be an actual hunk. I don't know. <laughs> but it was just, it's like, who... Yeah, who, who wants that? this? Who besides yeah. the guy who plays Pee Wee? Yeah, wants this. <laughs> no love lost to Paul Rubens. Ooh, that's probably why it looks so much like Pee Wee. It <laughs> was probably Pee Wee. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want to see that. What's your number dose? Number dose, uh, sort of in the same vein. Uh, I picked it for Scorsese, Rupert Pupkin. Ah, uh, yes, the king of comedy. He was Hell another yeah. one that I thought is he pitiable, pitiable right. or is he? But honestly, there was no. Glamour actually happening. It was no, just yeah. in his head, mm-hmm. and he did some fucked up. He things. did some really fucked up stuff. Yeah, I could buy that. Yeah, I just really like that performance I, too. Oh, I love when that he crushes movie. it at the end. Yeah. It's amazing. It's he does a good set. Yes, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love. I love. Popkin. Have you seen King of Comedy? I have not. I have so. You guys like say I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a movie I need. To watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. really worth seeing. Uh, it is, I think one of the probably lesser seen underrated Scorsese movies, mm-hmm. and uh, really really good. 
Uh, it's one of those ones like After Hours that you just forget. Yeah. And then suddenly you watch it and you're like, oh, Scorsese can do anything. Yeah. yeah. He can do anything at all. And a great performance from uh, Sandra Bernhardt. Hell yeah. Oh, nice. She's awesome She's in it, great too. in it. Uh, yeah. Nice. She's really, really fun in that movie. She, I, yeah, when she popped up at the beginning of that movie, I was like, "Oh, she plays a side character in this." And then it's like, "Oh no, she's like that's the side character that she plays in every other movie is one of the main characters of this movie." Oh yeah, he does comedy where he's like, "What do you want me to do? Tell you a joke? You tell a joke. I don't want to tell a joke. What's wrong with you?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, be the best comedian, <laughs> Larry the Hit Guy. Larry the Hit Guy. Larry God the Mob Guy. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Larry the hit guy. What's his what's his catchphrase? Like, what, yeah. What's our matter? Yeah. It's like get her done. It's what's our matter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's our matter with you? <laughs> ah, and everyone goes, oh God, that's good. It, he goes on the large collar comedy tour. Yeah. <laughs> the long the, the long, long collar comedy I've never tour. seen collars like that. What, yeah, like, when was that, that a fashion? Is. Do you know anything about that? What is that? I don't know when they were uh, yeah. I, I don't know anything about them. I like I almost I almost feel like Scorsese had somebody invent mob shirts yeah, for this right? movie. <laughs> More mobstery. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. You work the eyebrows and everyone will be happy. <laughs> Number Good ones? Stuff. Should we do it? Number ones. Ready for this? Yeah. Doctor. Peter Venkman in Ghostbusters. Ooh. Ooh, you know what I just realized rewatching that movie this year? What a deplorable piece of shit. <laughs> Holy shit. He is a real shitty dude. He, he casually is, carries uh, date rape drugs. Oh, with yeah. Him. And he uses them uh, yeah. <laughs> so that he can then kiss her neck of a woman that clearly wants nothing to do with him. Holy shit, is he a creep? <laughs> He's a real fucking creep. He's one of my favorite characters in movies ever. I think on a dating profile at one point I wrote, just trying to become Peter Venkman over here. Uh, boy, does that, in retrospect, feel awful. I think the... the your intentions are clear, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're going for. Yeah, yeah I want to... Because wa- I love him. Yeah, I want to give a lady a baby and walk out on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, real piece of shit, but... Uh, what, Do you think he was like, you just won your Oscar? <laughs> left. It's a joke about the baby's name. There you go. Ooh, love it. I like it. I wonder if Sigourney ever won an Oscar. Did she? Her avatar, perhaps? Oh, <laughs> man. They were like, yeah, yeah, best performance is a blue cat lady. She'll get a lifetime achievement at some point. Yeah. Yeah, be like so. Sigourney Weaver, most notably for Alien and Avatar. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. By that time, she'll get to actually come out as her blue cat avatar yeah. lady to accept the award. She's on stilts. The big YouTube videos when she falls off her stilts. <laughs> but because it's Sigourney Weaver, sick tuck and roll. <laughs> yeah. Pops right back up, handles it. What's your number one, Jill? So I chose uh, Hans Landa. Ah, yes. But not because he's a Nazi, as deplorable as that is, Uh because he is an opportunist. Ah, yes. And that Mm -hmm. is very dangerous. So I chose him. I thought about that, and I spent a lot of time trying to rationalize whether he... Or Brad Pitt is the that protagonist of that Pitt movie. I know. List. Ryan yeah. and I had, had a fight, and I won. And I said that he is a protagonist, I, <laughs> just listen, so I can put him on this list. I it does o- open with him. I, yeah, I almost won that argument for myself, because yeah. I was like, it opens on him. Techni- I mean, he gets the swastika carved in his head at the end, so I guess he loses. But as an opportunist, like, actually almost completely gets away scot-free with, like from the party he was at, like, the whole thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like... To, to some extent, it's like uh, until the final moments, like that dude is the one laying his own plan that he's mm-hmm. trying to that mm-hmm. he almost wins on, you know. Um, so and I almost have rationalized it for myself. Right. I think Aldo, Aldo Rain, Lieutenant Aldo Rain, Aldo Rain, Lieutenant Aldo Rain, him to me, if he was one of the characters that spontaneously died mid movie, uh-huh. I'd be like, ah, whatever, right? You know, there's still the rest of the bastards, yeah. but if Hans Landa died, I'd be like, this movie's kind of over, yeah, movie's over, yeah, yeah. 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 So I could, I think I can buy into that. 
for sure. And uh, and also, I don't know that I would say Aldo is a despicable protagonist. Well, he, yeah, I guess he's, he's killing expendable. people, but yeah, he's one of the Expendables. Yeah, yeah. back when they were called the Inglorious <laughs> yeah. Bastards. Yeah, and then they were the what are they? The Howlin' the Hal- the Howlin' Commandos. Howlin' Commandos yeah. for a little bit, and then yeah. oh, and they became the SWAT cats. <laughs> You know what I love about Hans Landa, and this is why I think he's so uh, like defensible, yeah. is that even when things are like bad, he is sing-songy about it. Yeah. I'm just so excited uh-huh. to uh-huh. kill. Oh, because he he's an opportunist. <laughs> he's going to find a way out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What's your number one, Dan? <laughs> Shoes on the other foot. <laughs> uh, my number one is Mark Renton from Trainspotting. Oh, I thought about Trainspotting. he is chasing a high yep. the whole time. Yep. There's nothing... Even at the end, he chases a high, mm-hmm. sells out all his friends, mm-hmm. and goes, that's awesome that that worked. I'm going to go get high. Uh-huh. Roll credits. Yeah. Yeah, that's, which is like, that's like one of the shittiest things you could think, right? I mean, like yeah. when you think about the shittiest of shitty complete things you could do. It's complete selfishness. Yeah. But it, and it's not even opportunism, because his only thing he wants is just another fix. Yeah. Let's get a thing. Yep. Can we steal more money, do more? We said we would have injected vitamin C if they made it <laughs> illegal. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Oh, I love that. If they made it illegal. Yep. Yeah. He just wants to be bad. Yeah. He's completely just about his own perverse pleasures, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's a good choice. That's And that's your number one. That's my number one. Yeah. Actually, shout out to Jenna. Oh, she yeah? She was the one that I couldn't think of a number, like, of. I was having a hard time coming up with yeah. them, and she, that was her first. Yeah. So, kudos. Well, uh... Hey. I'll I'll uh, I'll hit everybody with two more Joe Bell jokes, as previously mentioned, because <laughs> yeah. he fucking made me laugh today so hard. I was like, can you think of any... Despicable protagonist, and he spun around in his office chair and he went, Despicable me, uh, which really made me laugh. But then he was like, Suicide Squad, right? It's a they're the bad guys, but they're they're good. <laughs> <laughs> Does, is, is he ever not on? Uh, it, ne- he is on. Never. Uh, uh, I'm jealous that you work with him. He, oh, it's the best. That's so funny. He's, he's the best. I have a couple honorable mentions yes, that me. I talked myself out of. Um, uh, Dirk Diggler and Daniel Plainview, I talked myself out of yep. because I started to pity them. Um, Patrick Bateman, I was lost because I don't know if he yeah, really right. did it. Um, Royal Tenenbaum came ah, close. Ah, damn, dude. Because he's selfish. He yeah. lies to his family. Yeah. He's racist. He's like just difficult. Yep. And But we root for him because he, like, he does love his family. He yes. does care about them. Yes. But he doesn't really have the arc. They have the arc. Right. And their arc is just like, well, I guess we should put up with him. He's family. Right. You know, and that's... Do you think he? I don't know if that's right. Do you think his arc though is actually sort of becoming a father figure to them and in a really meaningful way by the end? I think it's that, but I think it's also a little bit what I said about Lewin Davis. Yeah, where he goes, I'm a piece of shit, but I, I'm at peace with that. Yeah, and I've got this family, and then he's dead. Right. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So I like that choice a lot. And then the other one I had was Young Joe from Looper. Oh, mm. Young Joe. Oh, because Young Joe just wants to get the job done. Yep. Old Joe is trying to save his wife. Yes. And then, of course, you know, the, the arc comes through at the end when young Joe jumps in front of the bullet yep, yep. to stop Sid from becoming yeah. whatever that thing's name was. Uh, about the Rainmaker. So I really want to rewatch it. Yeah, it's so too. dense. Guys, so I rewatched dense. it recently. It yeah. is so worth your time. Ooh. That's, I own it's it. So and I'm like, yeah. And they have, have jet motos. It. <laughs> uh-huh. Love it. Yeah, that movie is great. The one honorable mention I had, and I, I, I left uh, her off the list because I. I don't know. I couldn't convince myself that she was despicable necessarily. The bride from uh, from Kill Bill. Uh. Uh, she is an assassin, uh, right? Is true. Uh, but really, when we meet her in the story, she is justifiably trying to kill people. 
Right. So I don't know. Well, she tells you she's justifiably right. killing people. I, I really don't think there's an excuse to kill anyone in any situation. That's true. Yeah. But I was also rooting for her to like brutally kill all of these yeah, people. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like within the assassin circle, like yes. there are rules exactly. that she follows, and yes. they understand too. Yes. Like, uh, and I forget. Um, Lucy Liu's character. I'm forgetting her name. Oh, her um, name's not L. Her name is Oren Ishii. Oren Ishii. Right, yeah. right. But even when, like, as she's about to die, she says something, like, and I wish I could remember the line, but she says something to her as, like, it's okay. Like, I knew you were coming. I expected this, mm-hmm. and here we go. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's... Like, this is the way of things. Right. Yeah. Exactly. In the montage between the first one and the second one, at the end of the first one, Michael Madsen's character, who's not in the movie, he says something to the effect of, like, you know, she deserves her vengeance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we deserve to die. Right. Yeah, you know, right, like, right. I'll fight her off, but it's not wrong. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's their rules. Yeah. yeah. Plus, vengeance is sweet. Uh-huh. In a movie, it's it's sweet. It it's, a, it's a bad policy, I believe, generally. But yes, yes. It feels good when people get away with it on TV. Oh, yeah. I think that about does it. You guys want to wrap it? Um, yeah. I, I Any recommendations? Anything? Jill, have you seen it. anything recently that you want to uh. recommend to the folk? You know, I haven't actually seen very many movies recently. Oh. I've been very negligent with that. Um, Any other favorites you'd want to recommend that people check out? You know, I will say this. The most recent movie I watched was um, Maze Runner, which is... Ah, those are cool. Yeah. I heard which, those are kind of cool. Yeah, and I had no interest before, but Ryan was watching them, and they're actually really good. That's what I heard. They're, yeah, they're really good. So if you're into young adult adaptations i would recommend that i'm not not into young you know? <laughs> <laughs> i saw like 10 minutes of one of them on hbo uh-huh. and it, the doors to the maze were closing and they didn't know if they should go in and then hero boy goes running in <laughs> and i had just turned on at that moment but it was effective because i was like run you fucking run get in there get in or get out get, get in up. or get out the clock is ticking he's in, <sighs> he's in. yeah Whew. all right all right Doughboy, let's see what you got <laughs> I heard it's like a pretty decent sci-fi concept, actually. Yes. But that's kind of why it's so fun, because it's like actually kind of a cool science fiction concept. So I'm yeah. into that. Get on board some Maze Runner. What do you got, bud? Movie I can't get out of my head. Yeah? I loved it when I watched it, but I grew to love it even more. Hell or High Water. Yeah, it's baby. It's in theaters now. I can oh my share God. in your love for that, my friend. It. Oh, it's good. It's just good. It's great dialogue. Yep. Like, dialogue is crackling. Oh, it's, Ooh, so it's good. good. And it's... Excuse me, Ben Foster and Chris Pine. They have a great, uh, great chemistry. If you actually, if you uh, what's that movie with the ship from earlier this year? Chris Pine saves a ship of oh, people. Oh God damn it! What was that called? The Finest Hours. Finest Hours. Him and Ben Foster are paired oh, up shit. again. Yeah. I want to rewatch that. It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Casey Affleck. It's not that bad, but it's a. Uh, it's just them paired off again. But man. Jeff Bridges, he's so good in crushing it. it. I wish I knew the partner. I, me his too. Name. I don't know that actor's name. He's really good awesome. in it. Yeah, I, I loved that movie. And it's like, and uh, I got to say, those are two perfect despicable pro- protagonists oh, that I didn't yeah. even think of. That's I want that. Ben idea. Foster is the worst. He, oh man, but I cared. Anytime he was in danger, I was like, come on, man, get your life together. <laughs> Read he, a book. He is really good at playing like an unhinged monster. Yeah, but like one, I mean. He could be a 30 Days of Night or, or yeah. 310 to Yuma where you don't root for him. Yeah. Here I did. Yeah, I me felt too. bad for him. I, was yeah. like, I don't know what your story is, man, but come on. Yeah. Read a book. Yeah. Get a checking account. Come on. Yeah. Grow up a little bit. That movie this. was so good. That's good. Yeah. Highly recommend it. In the theaters now. I, I need, I need yeah. to be better about going out. <laughs> it's a good one. Going out and being a human being. I need to be better about that. Uh-huh. Staying <laughs> in is so good, though. It's so it's nice. It's so good. <laughs> So there's no reason to go out. I know. You're just staying in all the, oh, there's all these screens around mm-hmm. that you can do stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, staying in's great. Order in food, they'll ooh, bring it to you. Ooh, ooh. Since it, Yelp, I just order stuff without talking to people. I tip through it. I don't even look at my credit card because it's programmed in, and I'm just like, bring me General Tso's. <laughs> and then I just sit there, and there it is. It's Netflix for food. I watched this searching for General Tso while eating General Tso. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. So yeah, staying in rules. Yeah. Rules. Uh, I can recommend the new Blair Witch movie. Oh, right oh. on. See a preview screening of it. Uh, it's pretty dope. I uh, the it's like one of those movies that is kind of growing on me. The more I sit on it, it just has a few images in it that are kind of unforgettable, mm. which is pretty impressive, especially considering it is another found footage movie. But like, really makes the most of that form in a way. I don't think anybody else has really tried yet. Mm. It kind of like pushes it forward in a way that still feels like found footage, but an evolution of it um and in doing so allows for like more classical framing and things like that so there's like some really striking powerful memorable images in it uh and it is you know people have been talking about like how the third act is just like a a really like scary thrill ride and it is like uh, i had been watching horror movies back to back to back to back so I sort of like had fun with it, you know, mm. and like it didn't scare me necessarily. It didn't have that effect on me because I think I was a little desensitized. But I was in a theater full of people that like as I was like, ha, 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 everybody was like, ha, 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 ha. Like you oh, could just good. feel the whole theater being like, oh, my, 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 my. Like, oh it, it was pretty cool. Feeling. Yeah, it was. Uh, Do you think it'll translate it. to watching it at home alone in the dark? I uh, actually. So here's the thing. I kind of think it's going to be more effective for that. Awesome. Because I watched the original one like the day before, I, which I had seen before, but I rewatched it the day before at home alone on my computer. Fucking terrified. I was so scared. And like I said, I've been watching horror movies back to back. So to sensitize that seeing that on a big screen, the new one, it didn't really scare me that much. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was fun. It's like a, the a sequences are certainly effective and clearly by the other people's reaction. But I don't know. It didn't really affect me that much. Something about being something about horror movies, being alone and watching them on my own little screen, like at home. They, I don't know. They're way more effective for me that way than they are in like the big group setting and the, and the big screen. If I'm watching a horror movie. You know, alone in the dark. This always happens. Yeah, I'll be sitting there. I have my iPad. I got my headphones on, and I start to get freaked out. So the first step is remove the headphones and just use the iPad yeah. speakers because it's less. It, yeah, and then yeah, it's yeah. like, all right, let's 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 brighten the screen up a little bit yeah. so I can see the background a little bit more. All right, one light. Yeah, and like, and by the end, I'm just sitting up in my bed with the lights on, looking yeah. down at an iPad. Yep. <laughs> But it always happens. Yeah. And it's like the worst movies will do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stupid shit. I'm like, yeah, oh, whatever. I, that's, I'm, actually, out. I'm excited to see Blair Witch like at home alone. I feel like it's really going to fucking work for me that way. You know? Right on. But people should see it. It's 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 pretty cool. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'm not a horror movie person by any means. But Blair yeah. Witch, I did see with a group of my friends whenever it came out. I, I guess it was in high school. I would have had to have been. But um. I played it at a sleepover, and I I can't even believe that I did this, but when everybody went to sleep, I went outside, and I got rocks, and I made little piles of rocks at at the heads of their sleeping bags, and I'm not that type of person, but I'm like, I have to do this, and I can't even believe I went outside after watching this movie in the dark. Did you scare the shit out of a bunch of your friends? They were freaking, and I'm like, I don't even know what possessed me to do it. I just did it. The Blair Witch, I would assume. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So that might be one that I, I would say. I, re- I, I really did like the first one. Oh, I, th- I think you would like this yeah. one. Yeah, because it, it also it pushes it in, in pretty interesting directions, too. It's, oh, it's cool. Excited. Nice. Yeah. And it's got former guest of the show, Brandon T. Gorin. As, as <laughs> that's that's right, yeah. <laughs> Bobo T. Gorin. Yeah, Bobo T. Gorin stars in the movie. Dude, it's, it's not just that he looks like Brandon T. Gorin. 
Brandon T. Gorin is in that movie. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It's like it is. He needs to be in a horror movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, so, you, uh, so you watched Book of Shadows then? Oh, I and, also and watched Book of Shadows. Now, Blair did Witch you look too. as closely as I did and uh-huh. not see a single book in the There's entire never fucking a, movie? I could, dude. No books. It blew. My, I even checked all the shadows. <laughs> None. I, my tweet after None. I saw it was uh, was just watch Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. I currently know as much about the Book of Shadows as I did before starting the movie. Because they never reference it. It's not in the movie. Mm-mm. It's it, uh, Also, hardly is anything Blair Witch related at all. It's just a terrible, terrible movie. It's a fascinating time capsule. Holy shit, it's oh, a fascinating yeah. time capsule. It, 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 it takes place in the year 2000, and boy, does it ever. It's scored to I butt rock. I think Blair Witch, the original one, also is in a time capsule. So I was like, oh, 90s. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, sweet, okay. But the, <laughs> I like Limp Bizkit. But I love that like the second one is like the first one is not typical horror movie stuff. It's not about teenagers yeah, being yeah, punished yeah. for doing drugs. That is all the second one is about. It is like such a more classical take on like a horror movie. In not a, I don't mean that in like a good <laughs> way either. It's, you know, it's, just, it's kids do a bunch of drugs in the woods. And because of that, they get demonically possessed and go crazy. You know, it's like. And the kids all looked 40. Yeah, yeah. Lie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's an abortion subplot. They're all obsessed with the internet. It is like such a, it's such a pre 9-11, like, this is what we're all terrified of, right? Kids listening to music, driving them to do the drugs and have the sex and abort their babies. Those goths are always up to no good. Yeah. It's, it is. They're large jeans and they're too small yeah. jeans. <laughs> all those zippers. Don't trust them, I say. I, I looked up the cast of that movie yeah. and like two of them did things after that. I was going to say, are any of them doing anything? No. I, well, a few of them well, are. The, the one guy the was in Sicario. Guy, right? oh, yeah, yeah, he's in, yeah. You know, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's a. Yeah. Uh, I believe he's Burn Notice. Yes, that's yeah, that's right. That's his character, <laughs> Officer Burn, Burn Notice. Notice, <laughs> notice. <Yeah>. Burn Notice. <laughs> uh, Burn Noise. He was pretty funny. He's my movie, partner, actually. Burn Cream. Yeah. They do a good cop, bad cop. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie's uh, dog shit. By yeah. the way, Book of Shadows. Players too. Directed by Don't the same guy who did the Paradise Lost trilogy and the I delightful Tony after. Robbins documentary on yeah. Netflix. Um, he did a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, Berlinger? Is that Joe Berlinger. Yeah. Fantastic filmmaker. Yeah. Fa- fantastic documentary filmmaker. Yes, yes. I, Blair yeah. Witch, not so much. That blew my mind that that was who made that movie. Uh, it, it almost, I don't know, in some way that almost kind of explains how weird it is to me. Well, it makes sense that they would do that. Be like, oh, you're good at documentaries? Right. Well, this found footage thing we uh-huh. only half understand right about now. Uh-huh. Can you do it? Yeah, and yeah. make sure it's not found footage in any yeah, way, yeah, shape, yeah. or form. Yep. <laughs> Terrible. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, unless you got anything else, we'll hit the plugs and go. Else. All right, you are good. My throat you is can, raw. Oh, all right, let's do this. You can find us on uh, Facebook.com/slash I Like Two Movie. That's the number two at I Like Two Movie with the number two on Twitter. Uh, we got a Tumblr. I Like Two Movie.tumblr.com. It's very pretty. Check it out and follow us. Uh, and you can find the podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review. Give us a rating. That helps us become more visible, which would be great. We like visibility. We're uh, selfish. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. at selfish. I think that's just par for the course <laughs> yeah, when you're yeah. doing something like this. It's true. It's true. We would uh, like for you guys to listen to this. Actually, our downloads have been rapidly increasing. I think there are more and more people listening all the time, which is really exciting. We appreciate it. Uh, send us an email at uh, where I like to movie. That's number two at gmail.com. Tell us a movie you want us to watch and talk about. We'd love to hear from you. And share with uh, us your favorite your deplorable yeah. uh Protagonists. We want your lists. <clears throat> send them to us. Deplorable protagonists. Uh, listen, maybe we'll just choose one of your lists if you send one and let you pick a movie. We'll see. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Filmadelphia. It's with an F. I review every single movie I watch on letterboxd.com slash Filmadelphia. Uh, and you can find some of those on thatentertains.com and 
uh, one other website. What is it called? The Farsighted blog.com. Uh, yeah, that's where I am. All right, I am on everything at Dan Scully. Uh, that's where I'm at. Letterboxd, uh, Twitter, God, so all that fun stuff. It's the best. <sighs> I didn't get the dot com. Uh, so, but he's like, he's like works on Broadway or something. I that's going to turn up one day. You'll, yeah. get it. You'll get it. I'm going to buy it from you, Dan Scully. If yeah. you're out there, you're going down. We're coming for you, Dan it's Scully. Like Highlander up in here. There can only be one. And it's going to be one of us. It's fine. You can come out. <laughs> Uh, at Dan Scully on everything and check out Cynadelphia.com. Yeah, Jill, where can people find you on the internet? Um, Letterbox, and that's the only place that I'm available. <laughs> and Cynadelphia.com. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, what what is the uh, what's the handle on uh, Letterbox? Where can find you on Letterbox? Um, film hash. Film hash. Film hash. Word. Awesome. Uh, all right, we're gonna wrap this thing up the way we do every time. You'll pick it up as we go. If you don't already know it, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. What do you want me to do? You want me to say that? <laughs> I'm not going to say that. You say it. All right, I'll My say it. I'll say it. Right. My name is Dan, and I like to movie movie. Jill? My name is Jill, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we like, like to, to movie. movie.